two, one. Homie Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We're going to the Final Four, Trev. Woo! Woo! Welcome into the Mike Rutherford hey, Show. Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> it is Tuesday, March 29th. We're here until 6 o'clock. Uh, welcome on in. Mike Rutherford Show, 1450-961, a.k.a. The Big X. Trevor's rocking the Minnesota North Star shirt for the trip to Minneapolis, yeah, which we now know is officially happening. The cards. There's more Cardinal basketball to be played. And when you get to late March, when April's right around the corner, when you know that calendar's about to flip, it's a great thing to be able to say. We got Cardinal basketball still to come. Friday night, 7 o'clock, UofL will take on South Carolina in the final bleeping four. Fantastic night last night in Wichita, one of those nights where, I mean, you just you, you can't get enough of all the stories that are coming out of it. You, you can't get enough of the, the Haley Van Lith interviews. You can't get enough of the players posing for pictures with their parents. You can't get enough of the, the feel-good stories, the locker room celebrations. All that good stuff happened last night. I'm feeling good. We want to hear from you. We hope you're feeling good as well. Text us today on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. That's the best way to interact with the show. And the best way to get gas in the city or any city in these United States is via one of the 18 billion Thornton's area locations. Stop by one of them. You never needed to save money on gas more than you need to right now. So download that refreshing rewards app. It's going to save you money at the pump every time you need to fill up. And then stop on inside. Grab a big gulp. Grab a uh, Polar Pop, grab a, you know, tasty beverage, grab some coffee, grab a donut, grab whatever you got. Thornton's has everything you could possibly need. They also got that, that great cubed ice for their, their uh, Polar Pops. Incredible ice. I love their ice. It's the best ice. It, you know, Sonic ice, get out of here. Thornton's <laughs> ice, number one. Yes. And, uh, the and Thor- styrofoam cups, you know it stays cold. You know. And the Thornton's sex line. environment. Well, okay. <laughs> not sure if Thornton's wants that. It's not, not their official tagline. That's Trevor Kelsey talking. That's not anything having to do with Thornton's. But they're proud to sponsor the text line, and we're proud to hear from you every single day. TK, how are you, my friend? Doing not too bad. It's not too bad a day. Not it? too bad a day. Not too bad a day. Uh, slept a little later than normal. So you woke up. 15 minutes ago? Uh, right at 2 o'clock. Right at 2 o'clock. My God. Rolled out of bed, put some clothes on, walked, got in the car and drove over here so I could sit outside this place and smoke cigarettes while I wait on you and everyone else to get here or no one else to be no here. No one else is here. It's yeah. Once again, I don't know what's going on. The place was empty when I got here. Is I got spring break? Do we have a big X spring break that we were not privy to? <laughs> is it last week's spring break or something, I think? I think it's, I, I think it's either... I think it's next. I know it's next week for my kids. 
for uh, for Virginia at least. Her preschool. I think college kids was like last week, wasn't it? College is always early. Yeah. College is always during the NCAA tournament uh, or like the during championship week. It's always earlier than high school. High school is I feel like it's like a month later. It's why I was always surprised when you know when MTV was relevant and they would do their all their spring break content. I was I never understood why it was happening in like early March because my spring break was always first week of April, second week of April. But I still watched and I enjoyed it. Shout out to Carmen Electra. We love you. We miss you. <laughs> I'm sure you did watch and enjoy it. I tell hey. <laughs> who was, didn't? Yeah, I, I was right there with you, buddy. Right there with you, enjoying every second of it as well. Uh, but yeah, I had a great, good night last night. Got to watch uh, Louisville win. Got to the game a little late because I was kind of caught up in that whole UConn NC State NC State finish. Incredible I mean, game. I wanted to, I wanted to just say screw the end of this game and flip over to Louisville, but. I mean, it was, it's kind of hard to, cause especially with the way the first overtime ended with that great three from the corner, and then second overtime not as as exciting with the final fit going to the bottom to the end, but still couldn't. I still I still missed a little most of the first quarter of the Louisville game because I was stuck on watching that. Man, it was it was definitely enthralling. It got to the point where I had to watch the U of L game, and I was like, if something crazy happens, I'll flip back over, or yeah. or Twitter's gonna let me know, but. As annoying as NC State has been the last couple of years with this sort of pseudo-rivalry that we have going with them, and as much as they celebrated after they, they had a huge fourth quarter comeback against us, it's still impossible to just ignore the fact that they got they got hosed. In the same way that we got hosed a few years ago, being a number one seed in Connecticut's region and playing the regional final yeah. against Connecticut in Connecticut. There's just... We'll get revenge for that in a second. We will. Give us a... I don't know. What's the clock say? Five days? Yeah, that sounds about right. Remember, we're getting revenge Sunday. either way. Sunday seems nice. Well, once we beat South Carolina, we're getting revenge against one of the two teams that's the last two teams to knock us out of Elite Eight. Here's a wild fact. Because, you know, we, we, we addressed the Haley Van Lith comments after the Sweet 16 where she was like, we're the bad news bears, we're busting everyone's brackets. And yeah. I was like, and, you know, you, you love the mentality, but you're also like, you're a one seed that beat a 16 and a 9. I, I don't know if you busted anybody's bracket quite yet. Plus, I don't think she really understands the con- – I don't think she's ever seen like she's seen Bad News Bears. <laughs> she's Kelly Leak. Yeah. She's, <laughs> I don't think she's, we brought her in to save the day. She's actually seen the movie. <laughs> and now she's uh, now, now she's killing it. So she's she's the Kelly Leak character, which actually kind of fits. Or maybe Emily Angsler is. Um, but Wouldn't she be Tatum O'Neill? I mean, the, the girl? I mean, Maybe, yeah. Okay. That could work. That, that might actually work better. You forget Kelly Leak was actually a dude. Well, I know, I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Well, I mean, but again, that that's going to kind of ruin the, the comparison for any of the players from this movie besides the, the Tatum O'Neill character. So she makes that comment, and Jeff Walls is a coach. We've had a lot of coaches here at Louisville who love to play up, hey, this person said this about you, let's blow it up, let's put it all over the locker room. Walls does it as well, if not better, than any Cardinal coach we've ever had. And it's kind of hard to play up the disrespect when you are a, a number one seed. They have been doing it this entire tournament. Now they they really get an opportunity to do it because they are, without question, even though they're not the lowest seeded team left, UConn's technically a two seed. Yeah, and, the th- and we're one of the three ones. Yeah. Right. In the eyes of the betting world, Louisville's the biggest underdog left. Oh yeah. They are. Their odds, I think, were plus eight hundred. Uh, the next lowest were Stanford at plus four hundred. Like, I mean, Stanford, and South Carolina were the the top two one seeds though. Correct? Right. Yeah. South Carolina. And UConn's was... now is the is the the betting choice's second favorite to win this whole thing. Uh, essentially, betters are saying, "Bring on UConn! You know, I want to beat them in the finals so bad." It might happen. It might I happen. Mean, but here's the here, yeah. here's the wild fact because we've got now basically a blue blood final four on both sides here on the men's and the women's tournaments. Out of the eight teams still standing in college basketball, the eight men's and women's teams that are in the final four, 
the Louisville women are the only team that has not won a national title. So if you want to play up something, if Jeff Wallace has been waiting to use like the heavy ammo, the heavy artillery is coming this week. Now you really get to play up this underdog element, this us against the world element. Nobody thinks we can do it. Everyone thinks South Carolina is going to blow us out. And even if we win there, they think Stanford or UConn is going to get us. And oh, by the way, every other team still playing has won a national title besides us. It's time. Let's it's get time. it. Let's, Let's do it. it. Let's talk about last night. I was night. actually rooting for UConn in that instant because I want to play. I kind of was too. I want, I want, I mean, I guess as I was doing it, and I, I caught myself thinking, well, on the other hand, I guess it would be nice to, to beat NC State maybe in this situation because, I mean. But you know you're going to get shots against them for exactly, that type of revenge in exactly. the ACC. Like this, you know, they've beaten us in the national title game. They owned us for a long time. We've now beaten them twice in regular season games. To beat UConn in the national title game for your first championship to get over the hump, it would. We could also play it up as like a official changing of the guard, right? But, Gino's passing the torch to Jeff Walls. <laughs> but even when we beat them in our first Rutgers game, they beat us in the Elite Eight. Exactly. So I mean, we had to play them in Connecticut. Yeah, I know, and I know we beat them. That does worry me a little bit, knowing that we beat them earlier this year. Does that you know history repeat itself a little bit? Hopefully not. But they didn't have Paige Beckers. That's what they'll say. It's well, they're not going to have her. Any, it don't matter. They can have her. They don't have to have her. We're still going to beat them. I want to beat UConn in the title game so bad. Now, I haven't wanted this miss much since. You're really fired up about this. I mean, I want the only the only times I can think I've wanted this this much in maybe beating Tom Brady, which by the way happened in Minneapolis. It did. In the Super uh, underdog. Yeah. Hey, just saying, when my favorite teams go to Minneapolis for, for championships, good things happen. Uh, and the other was wanting to, you know, Reggie to beat, you know, Michael Jordan. So I'm one and one in this situation. Time to go over 500. Come on, Louisville. Come on, hey. I'd love to tell you. I'd love to tell Haley what I want her to do, but I would unfortunately. I don't have a dump button available like ESPN did last night, apparently. they we'll, we'll get there. I think they tried to dump it. I don't think they did. <laughs> I don't think they did. I think she self-censored herself on the, so. on, on the effing and yeah. then just didn't on the S word, which, hey, it's 2022. It was after 11 o'clock. She gets it. She knows what, what society's <laughs> like now. That's actually true. You can. She's figured it out. She knows what's going on. But let's talk about the actual game itself last night. Okay. Uh, cards versus Michigan, one versus a three. And you, know, you and I were talking about this at the end of yesterday's show. Neither team was really playing up the fact that they played in early December. Louisville had won that game by 28. They could have won it by like 50. Like They absolutely dominated Michigan in that game. But you know how, I mean, this is how basketball works on both sides, on both the men's and the women's side. A game that's played in early December really has very little bearing on another game that's taking place when the stakes are like this one. For starters, I mean, Louisville was playing at home. Louisville has been... Well, they were unbeatable at home this year, quite literally. Did not lose a game at home, at the KFC Yum Center this season. And Louisville was, I mean, they, they don't. it's not the most veteran team that Jeff Walls has had, but they do have a lot of returning players that have uh, experience in big-time games, and they were more ready for that moment than Michigan was. There's no question about it. But once you've advanced to the Elite Eight and you're playing on a neutral floor and the stakes are as high as they were last night, you know that it's going to be a, a completely different game than it was three and a half months ago. And that's what we saw last night. Louisville controlled things, but it had that sort of same dangerous feel that you felt during the Tennessee game and maybe a little bit during the Gonzaga game where at halftime, you're kind of thinking we should be up by more. They were up by three. It felt like they could have been up by double figures. They weren't shooting it particularly well for deep. They, they missed a couple of opportunities inside. And oh, by the way, the officials were calling everything on Louisville and nothing on Michigan. Um, the, the free throw disparity, especially in the second half, became the only thing keeping Michigan within striking distance. 
and you just kind of felt those nerves creeping up again a little bit where the team kind of was like, oh, my God, is it happening again? And in the fourth quarter when Michigan got it down to two, I'll be perfectly honest, I I was not saying like I was expecting a loss at that point, but I was panicking a little bit. I I was very, very concerned with the way that Michigan was was doubling Haley Van Lith every time she caught the ball. Didn't matter where she got it. They were trying to deny uh, her from even touching it on half-court sets. And then when she did get the ball in her hands, if she was outside the three-point line, if she was inside, if she was posting up, they had two defenders on her at all times. They essentially were saying, we'd rather have one of your other players take an uncontested 10-foot jumper than Haley Van Lith take a semi-contested shot from anywhere. Because she's in the zone right now. She's carrying you guys. We're going to force somebody else to beat you. And for about four possessions, we didn't have anybody else step up. We didn't have anybody else step up. Answer the bell. Um, Keanu Smith tried to. Chelsea Hall missed a shot. Emily Angsler missed multiple shots and turned the ball over. And then Olivia Cochran answers the bell. It's her moment. She makes a fantastic drive to the basket. She finishes a layup. She finishes another layup on a fast break after a turnover. And there's the game. Boom. Done. You had to have one of your supporting cast members, quote-unquote supporting cast, step up and make a play. And she was the one. And that's what you love about this team is even if it's not somebody's day, like Emily was was tremendous on the glass. She finished with, what, 16 rebounds? Could not hit anything offensively. Could not make she a like shot. one of 10 or something, wasn't she, I think? One of nine, one 0 of 5 from three. And you know, when your second best offensive player, maybe you know, second or third best offensive player, is having a night like that, you've got to have a strong supporting cast. You, you've got to have people who are willing to step up and, and do something they don't ordinarily do. Not that Olivia is not capable of having that type of offensive performance, but in that moment, you kind of felt like it wasn't going to be Emily, who was the non-HVL player to make a big-time play. And so who was it going to be? Kiana missed a pretty wide-open jumper. Chelsea Hall missed a pretty wide-open three. And then, boom, Olivia Cochran's the one. And that's that's kind of what this team is, is you feel like it could be anybody on a, on a given night. Haley Van Lith has been the most consistent performer in the NCAA tournament. First Cardinal ever to have four straight NCAA tournament games with at least 20 points. But in the first half against Tennessee, it was Angsler who was the star of the show. She she was carrying things. It's been Keanu Smith at various times. Hell, in the first half last night, it was Chelsea Hall out of nowhere who seemed to score yeah. 15 points in a spurt and kind of got Louisville out there in front. It's just they're such a fun group to follow. They're, they're so fun, and you can see how much this means to all of them, uh, how much playing for one another, and in their own words, playing for the city means uh, for all of them. And we'll play the clip in the second segment of Emily and Haley talking about Jeff Wallace. I think that was probably the most powerful moment of last night. But they're just, whether you watch a ton of women's basketball or, or you only are watching women's basketball because the stakes are the highest and you know you want to be supporting a Cardinal team that could win a national title, it's impossible not to just kind of get sucked in by this group because they're very easy to root for. It's apparent how much this means to them. They're kind of, they're, they check all the boxes. There's that phrase again, that we were asking the men's team. I don't team. think we've used it this week though. Yet. I know. Yeah. We, they, we, they, they, day off, so. we had to hit our quota. We had to yeah. get the, uh, yeah, there's, there's a quota we have to meet. Check our boxes. I'm saying check all the boxes. You're, you're damn right. But they have all the elements of their core that we want on the men's side. The, you know, we've talked about trying to get back to being an elite defensive team. Women's team is the best defensive team in, in women's college basketball. We want to talk about you know, caring so much that you're willing to just die to, to get a victory. All of these girls have that mentality. They care more about one another than they care about themselves. They care more about this program. They care about the city. They care about everything it represents than they care about their individual accolades. 
all of that stuff is so endearing. And quite frankly, it's refreshing when you've been following the men's team for the last couple of years and been so frustrated by, you know, just seemingly the lack of, of want to, the lack of care, and just the disorganization. One thing you're never going to see with the Jeff Walls team is disorganization. They may get beat. They may not make the big play down the stretch, but they're always going to be prepared for the moment. And you saw that last night. I mean, when momentum was starting to slip up a little bit, he calls timeout, draws a fantastic play, gets a wide open layup for Olivia Cochran. Like that's, this is what we're hoping Kenny Payne is going to bring to the table. It's what we've been lacking on the men's side for so long, but just an overwhelmingly positive night. And then you alluded to it earlier, Trevor, the post-game interview that has taken the nation by storm. I, and I, it was one of those things where I could see it happening. I'm like, I've got to write up because you know, you can share the, the, you can put a tweet out there. You can share a video and it's going to, it can go viral. And that doesn't do anything for you. At least I say like me personally, you got to get it up on the site, right? Post it on the website. So I write the quickie, like Haley Van Lith gives legendary post-game press, or post-game interview answer and all this stuff. And of course, has blown up the entire day. Like we're the leading website on, on SB Nation for college sites. And that's all it takes because people, they love her. They love the... They love you? No. They, they love the <laughs> don't give a bleep attitude. I mean, that was... And if you haven't heard it, we can't play it on the air. But no, unfortunately we can't. But. She does the post-game interview and she is... She's always fired up. I, I, I love hearing her talk because she always just... She talks a mile a minute. She's... She's always revved up. The same energy that she plays with on the court is the energy she brings to post-game interviews. And she says all the right things about, we're doing this for the city. We're not done yet. You know, we love Coach Walls. This group's great. And then she gets asked. She famously had a relationship with, with Kobe Bryant and uh, his daughter, Gigi, before they, they passed in January of 2020. And she's asked, you know, if Kobe could, could say something to you right now, what do you think he'd say? <laughs> and she, you're thinking she's going to, like, tear up and she's going to be like, I think he'd just be so proud. And she's like, he, he'd say, go bleeping, go bleeping win this bleep, Haley. Like, that's it. Like, I mean, just so straightforward. And I, if I, you asked for the answer, she gave you an honest answer. I, I had it on, and I, but I wasn't, like, I wasn't actually looking at the TV. I was, like, I was looking at my phone during it. And when I heard it, I just kind of, like, paused, like, did, did you say what I thought you just said? Like I had to, re- I think I rewound it like four times to make to double check. I'm like, okay. By the time I got done, I mean I, I could fast forward all through the Scott Van Pelt UConn highlights. Yeah, because I've been rewounding it so many times. Been like, okay, okay, she did. I'm like, I'm gonna have to turn my captions on. Like she did say that. I mean, put it on a shirt right now. Oh yeah, I'm sure it already I'd is. Wear that shirt. But my God, like what an all time <laughs> quote. And then the video, I think it's uh, Tyler Griever from WHAS who uh, was putting out some fantastic content last night. He shared the video of. Her parents come down on the floor it's, and they give her a big, and like they're all crying. And you're thinking, like, oh, what a sweet moment. And then she immediately is like, I'm going to win it. She's like, we're going to win it. And then she walks away. She's like, I'm going to win this bleed. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> everything that I want my daughter to be right there. Like, just, it's just like that's the, the dad's dream, right? Like, yes. she's a gift to us all. Uh, and the coolest thing now is she's so fun to watch. She's taken such steps forward in her second season here. And you realize she's just a sophomore. Like, mm-hmm. we get two more years of her and she could wind up being. Well, I'm gonna think she's gonna leave early. I mean, I, like we said, it's very rare that women leave early for the WNBA, but especially now with NIL. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect it to happen, but I guess you never know. I mean, she might wind up being at least like during her time as a Cardinal, about as famous an athlete as we've ever had here. If she was probably over six feet. She probably would be leaving, but yeah, maybe on the smaller side. I, I mean, 
you forget she came to Louisville with something like 2.5 million Instagram followers. Like she's about as famous a recruit as we signed in any sport. Yeah, she's a, I mean, she was a pop star, like one of the top yeah. players in the, yeah, the country, yeah. national player of the year. And she, her, her highlight videos on YouTube would have you know millions and millions of views. Kobe Bryant and his daughter would travel to go see her play in Washington. Like she was a big time deal. And now I think you're, you know, she's hitting the mainstream, and it's so wonderful to see. And it's great because I think a lot of people just kind of assumed, and I, I say a lot of people, I certainly fall in this category. With Dana Evans leaving, I thought, well, she's next up. And it's not going to take, like, she'll just take this, like, a, a fish to water. Like, she's going to be averaging over 20 points a game this year. She'll be the focal point of the offense. She's going to be a superstar. And as good as she was this year, superstar was probably stretching it for most of the year. Like, she, there was a time the first couple of months where, like she was not this team's best player. She may not have been their second best player. Kenneth Smith and Emily Angsler carried this team for stretches, and you can't. I mean, she hit one of her ni- uh, first nineteen three point attempts this season. I think is the stat. She just was not, could not find the range, and maybe being thrust into that star role with, with Dana moving on to the WNBA, she just didn't take to it as naturally as a lot of people thought she was going to. And we had Cameron Teague on last week, and he wrote a, a, a great story about. She seems like the most confident person in the world, but her confidence was really escaping her. She had to refine it during the season, and now you're seeing, I think, who she can be moving forward, at least a glimpse of it, because she can be even better. But last night, I mean, she saved the day in the fourth quarter. We've That's the one consistent thing we've seen from her all season long is even when she's had bad shooting nights or just bad games in general, in close games against high-profile opponents in the fourth quarter, like – She's that person. Like she is the player that the ball is going to, and she's the person who's making plays. And to see the trust that her teammates have in her is also insanely encouraging. But final four, South Carolina's up next. We're coming for you, Dawn Staley. We're coming for the Gamecocks. Oh, we're gonna win this bleep. You seem really confident. I'm, As someone who I think has seen what negative five seconds of South Carolina women's basketball this year. <laughs> <laughs> you feel very confident. Uh, I watched more more than negative five just because of the tournament. I think I watched. Uh, I mean, close to maybe zero in the seconds, but if you take away the negatives, but yeah, I, I, it doesn't matter. I don't. I don't need to see South Carolina. I don't need to watch Stanford. I don't need to know it, it's what UConn has currently on the roster. I know what we have, and we've got champions, baby. You're damn right. Uh, Texas says nobody talks about the fact that HVL dates Jalen Suggs. Uh, Mark View is Kenny's top assistant. Yeah, she does. She's going out with Jalen Suggs. Or? Yeah, they've been dating for a, a while. Um, yeah. It's gotta be weird. He's because he's, he's Minnesota, right? No, I, Orlando. I have no idea. I'll be honest. Where did he get drafted? He was Orlando. Orlando, I think. He got drafted early. Well, yeah. <laughs> Tell you that much. That's all I can give you. But she, yeah, they've been a, a high-profile couple for a while. It, it could wind up being one of those deals where she is kind of like the Candace Parker, Sheldon Williams deal, where like she's more famous than he is. <laughs> Hope you're ready for it, Jalen. Hope you hope you're ready for it. Uh, Texas says talking about how Emily wasn't really able to hit a shot. It strikes me that she had a real Dennis Rodman game last night. She did. I mean, I mean, she could not. I think maybe she fell in love with the three a little bit because of how well she shot it against Tennessee. That's not really the biggest strength of her game. Kind of everything else is the biggest strength of her game. But she one of if you're going to go one of nine from the field, you've got to make up for it in another area. And her being as good as she was defensively. And then getting 16 rebounds, I think more than made up for it. She was, she was still a spark, even though she didn't shoot the ball well last night. You can still impact the game in other areas, and last night was a perfect testament to that. Um, let's take a break. When I come back, I, I want to. We got. I know you guys have a bunch of texts, and I appreciate them. We'll get to all these, but I do want to play the clip of Angsler and Van Lith 
at their post game press conference last night talking because I, I think it fully can embodies. We play it? I know. I mean, with Haley's language dropping, I don't. We know. can play it. I've okay. listened to it. We can play it. We're safe there, and I think it it fully embodies the type of culture with the U of L women's basketball program that. I was going to say we want with every sport at Louisville, but every fan of every college program wants this type of culture with every uh, program that they cheer for. So we'll talk about that coming up after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Tuesday, a celebratory Tuesday here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Number one rolling on here of the Mike Rutherford Show on a Tuesday, celebrating the win over Michigan last night. All this program does is beat Michigan in big-time games. Second round, congrats. You can have that win if you want. When the stakes are the highest, we're going to beat Michigan. It's, just, it's who we are. It's what we yeah. do. Equal opportunity, men and women. We'll do it. Damn right. Texter pointed Football out that— Football team, bring it. Texter did point out that we beat my Michigan by 22 the first time, not uh, 28. I was thinking of, I guess, 70 to 48. <laughs> Win's a win. We beat them by a lot. That's all that really matters. Another they came in uh, very upset against us last night. Probably. They were, and it carried them to you know only a twelve point loss. So congratulations to them. <laughs> we did. We, it did look a little bit bigger than it should have been. Like it we, did. It was, we, I think we, they kind of uh, really melted down at the end there. I, I promised we were going to play I, this, and and I Scoots was texting me going, "Come on, Noble, I got you all minus six. He was yeah. going nuts, and then when when they did a little run at the end to make it the cover, he's. I think Jeff Wall, like all explanation points, he's like, Jeff Wall's rules. Look, we're not going to let Scoots down. The, the one thing this program will never do is let Scooter Ooh, Dingus down. Oh, no. Do you know what he told me? You know what he said the other day on Friday's show at KRC? What's that? He said that Murray State and Evansville are the same level as the program. In men's basketball? Yes. I mean, they kind of are. How so? I mean, Murray's better than Evansville right now. Evansville probably has more history. In history, what? They been, I think they've had like four tournament appearances in their school entire school history. I think it's more than that. I don't think so. They did, and the plane crash set them back. To be fair, yeah. Well, come on, Marshall came back significantly. From that too. Well, but I mean, <laughs> how many like college ball playoff appearances does Marshall have? Well, they've got multiple national national division two championships. Division two. Come on. I mean, then they moved up to division one and been pretty good. They beat us. I mean, we'll see because you know, Murray State making the know. move to the Missouri Valley. When was Evansville's plane crash though? Nineteen seventy-two. Oh, okay. yeah. Come on, you haven't bounced back since nineteen seventy-two. I mean, come on. Evansville has been to well, they did win. They've won they have won five NCAA championships at the division two level. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Big congratulations. They've been to the Sweet Sixteen so one, two, three, Wesleyan's four, five, level. six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen times. Oh, they've been tournament more times than multiple times. Thirteen, yeah. When's the last one? Been a while. <laughs> uh nineteen ninety nine. So it's been 20, what, 23 years since they've been in a tournament. Murray State's been to what four straight? Hey, I said right now, Murray State's is without question the, in the last program. twenty years, possibly. Well, yeah, for sure. There's no question about that. Okay, so that's I think that means historically the, that means the statement is is in fact is, 
Well, it, it, was he talking about like right now? Yeah, he's talking about right now. He's like, well, he's yeah, the Murray State's obviously ahead of Evansville. Evansville's been terrible for the last several years. They hired so Walter McCarty. They got what they got what they <laughs> deserved. Um, and you know now, I mean, Evansville's been kind of the laughing stock of the Missouri Valley the last what five, six years, seven years. They've been terrible, and now Murray State's going there. They were, however, the CIT champions in 2015. <laughs> don't don't mock the Purple Aces. Justin, Scooch just has a little Indiana bias sometimes. Yeah, I think I, he thinks anybody else across that Ohio River. I mean, if he's saying that that you know they're on a level playing field for like the last twenty years, then I'm, yeah, no, twenty years, no. <laughs> and something tells me I don't. I think that's what he's saying because I'm called a hunch. Maybe I shouldn't. No, he's, uh, he's wrong about that. I don't think Scooch knows much about his history before twenty years ago. You don't know that. That's that. You don't know that. You're right. I probably don't. All right. The best part right. about last night, Trevor, at least at least to me, besides the Haley Van Lith immediate post-game speech on ESPN. was good. The post-game press conference, uh, Emily Angsler and Haley Van Lith were two of the, the three Louisville players that were involved in that. And they were asked basically a question about Jeff Walls. Can you describe his coaching style, what he's meant to you, why he's been so effective? And Angsler, she transferred here from Syracuse, and she's been, I think, sort of vague about it. She hasn't gone into specifics, but she's mentioned multiple times throughout the season about when she got to Louisville, she was in a in a bad place mentally. She has been open and honest about the fact that she had attitude problems, was not easily coachable, wasn't in great shape. She lost a ton of weight uh, to get into playing shape this season. And she credits a lot of her metamorphosis to, to Jeff Walls. And she was asked the question. She got emotional about it. Haley was asked the same question. She got emotional about it. And I thought it was just a it was a fantastic, fantastic couple of minutes last night. So I know some of you have, have, I'm sure, heard this, but if you haven't, and even if you have, it's worth listening to again. So here's Emily Angsler and Haley Van Lith last night talking about Jeff Walls. You know, I think it's been a, a difficult three years for me. And um, uh, he was just somebody who took me under his arms, didn't really care who I was or where I was coming from at a mental level, and um, I really appreciate him. He's a good person. Um, I love you too, man. He's a good person, and he's a good person on the court. He's just really fun to play for. He lets you be yourself, and he protects you, and um, you can trust him, and that's hard in this industry. So um, I'm grateful for him, and I'm going to do whatever I can to get him a national championship. Uh, He's obviously a player's coach in that uh, he lets you play and have fun, and you know, when, we, when we're breaking in transition, he lets us try and create and be exciting. And he, he defends us when we, when we talk crap and we get texts. Like, he always has our back. And he works – I think for me, you know, he works on the person you are off the court. Uh, I'm a stubborn one, and um, he's had to teach me to enjoy life um, outside of basketball. And, um, Yeah, I mean, he just, (laughs) he cares about you off the court, and it's not just a business, and I think it's pretty obvious, like, the emotion that we play with and the emotion that he coaches with, that um, we'd run through a wall for every girl on this team, we'd run through a wall for him, and so I think that's what makes us dangerous in this Final Four, is that we'll do anything for each other. And um, we're doing this for our city, and we're doing this for the 14 girls on the team, and Coach Purcell and JP and Lamont and Coach Walls and his wife and his kids. We're doing it for all of them. It's, it's a lot more than just individual, and he really teaches us that. So, yeah, I mean, Coach Walls has built this program into something really special. I mean, how can you not just be 
so proud to have Jeff Walls as your coach after hearing that. I feel like Tom Hanks and I'm, we're going to win this whole bleeping thing. We're going to win this whole bleeping thing. Oh, we're going to win. I mean, the culture we're of this program. We're going to win. We're going to win. Well, that, I always use that clip, and then I remember that they lost that game. I know. Like, uh, yeah. Like the one like positive emotion he shows in the entire movie winds up being uh, a little bit of a uh, – uh, Maybe yeah. they should have left Allison to catch her. <laughs> but hearing that, I mean, this is – if you're a fan of any program at any level in any sport, that's the type of culture that you want. Like, I know that Emily Engsler was at Syracuse. Their head coach last year, Quentin Hillsman, he was forced to resign after a bunch of allegations of player abuse and all this stuff. I'm not saying that, that you know, Emily was absolutely a part of that, but she very clearly was in a bad situation with a head coach who – did not have his players' backs, who did not have his players' best interests off the court in mind. And for her to come here and to, I mean, not just have success as a player, because she's playing the best basketball of her life and she's having the most team success that she's ever had in her career, but to be able to improve this much as a person and to feel loved and accepted by this new program that she's in, I, I mean, you heard right there. Like, she's a player who plays with raw emotion. She's a badass on the floor, and she was brought to tears by just a, a question about, hey, talk about Jeff Walls. And that's what he's been doing here for for 20 years now. I mean, the or I guess 15 years now. The the results speak for themselves. This is a program that had never been to a Sweet 16 when he got here. Now they're about to play in their fourth Final Four, potentially play in their third national title game, hopefully win their first national championship. But Can you name anything about Liberals women's basketball before 2005? No. I, I mean... I can't, I can't tell you that. Like, at least the baseball team, I can be like, hey, we had Tino Martinez's brother-in-law. Like, that's about it. I, I knew that we went to one tournament one NCAA tournament before beat McDonald UConn. got here. No, we didn't win a game. I thought we didn't. We beat UConn like ninety two or something. I'm talking about baseball. Oh, baseball game. Okay, baseball. Sorry. Mark yeah, Jurich. Yeah. That's the only thing yeah. I remember is his team, his senior year when he was an All American, went to the NCAA tournament, went zero and two in the regional round. And that, that was it. I didn't even remember that. That was it. That was like that was the only time we'd been in the tournament before Dan McDonald got here, and then immediately took us to the College yeah. World Series. Women's basketball. I, I know, like I said, I know we beat like UConn. I think one time in the tournament back in the nineties, and it's only because they brought it. They would bring it up. When they would show like the, the series, it was like twelve yeah. to one UConn, and that was always the one win. It was uh, what's her name, the 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 center, the the it was her freshman year, um, uh, the one that played for the New York Liberty, the one that does uh, Rebecca Lobo. Oh, okay, yeah, she was like a fr- we beat her, we beat her, we knocked her out her freshman year in at UConn, and that was like the only thing. Like, and I wouldn't even have known that. Like I said, like if we hadn't been like you, like you just said seeing those stats and they bring it up, and Rebecca Lobo would bring it up and. But yeah, other than that, I couldn't. Yeah, I can't think about the women's basketball team for Jeff Walls. Yeah, they beat UConn in. This is a fun fact. They beat UConn in the first round in 1993 as 93, an 11 seed. Sorry. That was one of two NCAA tournament wins that we had in our program's history before Jeff Walls got here. <laughs> he does that on a regular tournament now. Isn't that insane? That was one of two. What was the other one? Just out of curiosity. We beat Utah as a 10 seed in the first round in 1998, and then <laughs> lost by 16 to Duke in the next round. I mean, in fairness, the women's tournament didn't start till 82, but still. Still, I mean, I mean we, you look at some of these results. The first two years that we played, we made the tournament in 83. We played the second seed nice. in the first round, lost by 29. Then we played Georgia, who was the number one seed in the first round in 1984. We lost by damn near 60. 112 to 69 was the final score there. <laughs> I, I mean— uh, Women's basketball doesn't surprise me sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't—like, like, that doesn't make sense to me. In hindsight, looking back at where we were and where we are now— we care more about college basketball than any other place in the country. And mm-hmm. you know, shut your mouth, North Carolina. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Out. Like we are. We, I think you were saying it to me for a second. I was like, "What I say? Not yeah. you. Not you. Not you. Never." 
but we care more about this sport than anybody else. And Louisville men's basketball was a player on the scene for, I mean, decades before the women's basketball was even competent. And you had to have known, and I think, you know, Credit to Tom Jurich. I mean, Jeff Wall shouted him out after the game last night, like on air. In his initial, I saw that. I noticed his that, first yep. comments. He's like, "I got to give credit to Tom Jurich." Jurich had the foresight to say, "If this program starts winning, like we've got rabid basketball fans at every single level in this community, they're going to start showing up. Like, there's going to be a diehard audience. We can, you know." And he, one of the things that he made it a point, and people looked at this as part of the quote unquote bad deal with the KFC Yum Center, is he wanted the Louisville women's basketball team to play all their games at the Yum Center. And a lot of people didn't want him to do that. He wanted them to, you know, be playing games at, the, at a smaller gymnasium on campus, and they'd play the bigger games at the KFC Yum Center. And, and George said no. And they have cultivated this loyal fan base to the point where that lower bowl is pretty packed every single game they play. Doesn't matter who they're playing. Doesn't matter if it's UConn or if it's, uh, you know, the worst team in the ACC or if it's a non-conference game against EKU. Um, sorry, Colonels. It's 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 loud in there. It's packed. It's rabid. And you've got the same people showing. I mean, Jerry Abramson's there every damn game. He's like our Spike Lee sitting on the, on the floor, like going nuts, taking his shirt off. That's what he gets for being mayor nine times in a row. Hey, you know, you got to go somewhere when you're mayor for life. and <laughs> Mayor then, for life. But then you're, not, you're somehow not the mayor and your life's not over. You got to do something else. And Jerry Abramson became the Spike Lee of Louisville women's basketball. You're still my mayor, Jerry. We love you. Uh, but <laughs> Operation Brightside rules. We love Operation Brightside. The city's still clean. We're feeling good about it. Bring him back. Uh, actually, make Haley Van Lith mayor. She would get bleeped done. <laughs> it's about time we had somebody who could get something done around here. We. It, it's just, it's such a success story. And now you've gotten to the, it's bizarre to look at the those historical records that we're just talking about. I mean, being a, a total non-player in the entire sport for its duration until 2007. And now people being like, well, when's Jeff Wall's going to win the big one? Well, the fact that we're even in this position to be saying he got to final four final fours, when can he cut down the nets is insane. <laughs> it's crazy that we're here, but that's the only thing that he hasn't done yet. It's the only thing he hasn't done. And yet, God, it would be so wonderful if he could get it done this weekend. But that wow. culture right there. I mean, that's what I think that's what we're all hoping to hear on the men's side. You hear about Kenny Payne and his relationships with players, about how he you know, cares more about who you are off the floor than you are on the floor, and he's going to make you a better basketball player, but he's also going to be genuinely invested in your life. Hearing those comments from those players, <clears throat> excuse me, I think is what we want to hear from Louisville players on the men's side five, six years from now. Celebrating a trip to the Final Four, Talking about how Kenny Payne's changed their life, talking about how this coaching staff changed their life, talking about how they're doing it for the city, they're doing for it for one another. That would be a welcome change from, hey, did you hear this player fought this player after our <laughs> after our ACC tournament win over Georgia Tech over food, uh, and it being like the fifteenth post game fight in the locker room this season. Like that's where we want to be. I mean, you know, you know, it's not good when you hear there's a somebody goes, "Just a fire for the game," you're just like, eh, yeah, so. I mean, I, By the end of the year, we were just like, it wasn't even news anymore. I'm like, I, I just kind of assumed it. I'm, yeah. Thank you for confirming. Like, I, <laughs> I appreciate you sliding in the DMs and confirming what I just suspected happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, they just won. They advanced. They kept their season alive, and they're so mad that they're going to fight over food. <laughs> Whatever. Hopefully, we go from there to the place that the women's basketball program is right now and what we just heard from Emily Angster and Haley Van Lith, because that's awesome. And I love Jeff Walls, and I'm I'm glad we have him locked up for at least a few more years. And he earns every penny of that 1.5 million dollars that he makes a year. I can't wait till we're getting to the when we're officially UConn level, going to 16 straight Final Fours. Damn right. Is that, is that what it was? This was this this is their 16th straight? No, I mean they have, they didn't go to a Final Four a few years ago. I think it was 16 straight Elite Eights. 
Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Because okay. they missed the Final Four, I think, two or three years ago. I know they haven't won a title in a few years. But I thought they, they said, got knocked out in the Elite Eight. Before. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah, I, I thought it was 16. Okay. So I thought they said 16 straight Final Fours. No, they've been to, I think I think it's 16 straight regional finals, which is an insane in and of its I mean, own right. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, that's not anything to sneeze at either. But they certainly. I they, know they were in the Final Four the last couple of times, though. Yeah, they as a team. Yeah, they beat us. Yeah. They beat us. They, uh, you know, they're a two seed this year. But there's definitely one year where, and not the tournament canceled. Well, yeah, I'm not counting that, obviously. They, but they were in the Final Four last year. They were pretty sure. Yeah. Am I wrong? I mean, have they been to that many Final Four? I think that I thought that's what ESPN said. Now again, I, I may have misheard it. Honestly, you would think that hearing a stat like that, I'd be like double, you know, double taking the year again. I but, could have sworn they got beat in the league. But when it recently. comes to UConn basketball, I didn't actually do a double take on it. I was just like, huh? Yeah, you kind of just assumed that. Those yeah, crazy I almost factors. like, yeah, that sounds crazy. It's insane to hear, but. UConn basketball, I'm maybe that's I can I, I, I honestly believe it. Okay, so the last time that they, oh seven was the last time they weren't in a Final Four. That's sixteen years ago. Good God, they have, they've been to One, sixteen straight two, Final three, Fours. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. This is their fourteenth straight Final. Fourteenth, okay, because yeah, the tournament canceled in twenty twenty. Um, when they were twenty nine and three and sixteen and zero in conference play, they haven't lost a conference game. Well, they lost one conference game this year. Before then, they hadn't lost a, a conference game since two thousand thirteen. The last time they didn't play in a, in a Elite Eight was two thousand five. They went to the Sweet Sixteen. Who knocked them out in seven? I wonder. Does it just say? I don't know. Um, Sports Reference doesn't offer a women's uh, page, which I'm, they need to do. That's why you go to Wikipedia. Look at people harder to navigate through. No, it's not. It's easier. It's way easier. They got beat by LSU in the Elite Eight by 23. Wow. 73 to 50. Wow. Thanks, LSU. You pissed them off so much they haven't haven't lost the Elite Eight. That was it. Yeah. That was it. They're like, (laughs) damn, Kim No, she wasn't there. I'm still blaming her for it. I know. I'm still blaming her for it. Exactly. Now, I know they haven't won a title since, like, Brianna Stewart was there. They haven't won a title since 2016. Yeah, it's been. Since twenty six, like it's like there's such a drought. Maybe that's why I was so. Maybe that's why I assumed it, like, they got beat before a Final Four because I, I do remember when we because we didn't have a full time when I was at SB Nation full time. We didn't have like a women's basketball staff, but we would cover women's basketball when something big happened. Yeah, and I remember when they lost in the Final Four to to Mississippi State. Like it was such a big deal because they you know, they, they won every single year. And, yes, like, we had to, and it was like the biggest story on the site for for like three or four days. And maybe that's why the impact of, of them actually losing a national semifinal was so big that I assumed it was before the Final Four. But that's that's nuts. I mean, it's I mean, women's sports have always been, there have always been like that one. Like you, originally, you had like USC, and they kind of passed the torch to La Tech, and then Tennessee, and La Tech passed to Tennessee. Tennessee kind of passed it to, to to obviously UConn. Now UConn's going to pass to us. Pass to us in about five days. Yeah, I think that sounds about Six right. Six days. That sounds, that sounds good. No, right? No, Sunday's yeah. the, the championship game. It doesn't matter. Five days. We're going to win it either way. We're going to win it. This weekend. It's ours. I'm just blown away. So, okay, guess then. Now I'm just blown away by this. <laughs> guess when the last time that UConn failed to make a Sweet 16 was? When we beat uh, Rebecca Lobo in 94-3. <laughs> yes. Was that really it? Yes, you're joking. That's the last time I, they failed I, to make I, a Sweet I, 16. I, I, I joke, but I actually I think I remember hearing that stat somewhere at one point. They have not been. So we're the, we're the last team to stop them from making a Sweet 16. Sunrise, sunset. Oh, wait, it's about to happen again. That was what twenty nine? Is that twenty nine years ago? Yeah, great, great math. Thank well you. Well done, Wagner. Yeah, you're welcome. You said it, and I was like, well, it was it? Like you and I just <laughs> doing math together, just the blind leading the blind. Uh, twenty nine years. Twenty nine 
29 straight tournaments of Sweet 16 or better. And now? It's insane. We're going we're gonna to bookend these tournament victories, and the torch is going to be passed. Yeah. It's going to be poetic. we got to beat them for the title. we got to. I feel good about it. I mean, I'm, I'm, wor- I'm a little nervous about South Carolina. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, like you said, maybe I sh- – you know, I'm maybe I'm overconfident because I haven't seen them, but you know, hell, ignorance is bliss. So, man, <laughs> 14 straight Final Fours. Uh, Texture says, Has South Carolina faced a defense? UConn is what Kentucky thinks they should be. <laughs> what they think they are. Doesn't yeah. matter how many times they don't exactly, go to the Final Four. Yeah. Did you see like UK fans talking about like <laughs> the current top programs in college basketball? Like, I think it's, it's it's all these four plus Kentucky. I'm like, in what world? Like, <laughs> like, no offense, but like Baylor has been the best program in college basketball the last three years. Virginia's won a title recently and been more relevant nationally. Like, if you're talking about just like prominence, like talked about, then yeah. But that's going to be Duke, Kentucky, Carolina in some form every single no year. No matter what, yeah. Good even or if they bad. suck. Yeah. Like, you guys. I mean, no offense. Like, I know we're not even on the radar right now, but like, since 2015, like, you guys are they over at Gonzaga? No, yeah. no, I mean, they're they're not. I know Gonzaga hasn't won a title. Gonzaga's played in two it's national title games. games. At least, yeah, two national title games. Been a top seed each time, whether you like it or not. And I did love how you know, back in 2019 or whatever, like when people were taking shots about UK not getting to Final Fours, everyone and their mother would throw that most tournament victories in the last 10 years stat at you. Now it was still UK. Not even cl- like time is, has kept going, and that UK total has not gone increased because now you got the top, the most NCAA tournament wins over the last ten years. It's I think like Nova with with uh, twenty one, Gonzaga's got twenty two, and UK's got like eight since the, when? Since in, in the last ten years. Oh, okay, okay, like it's uh, it's not great. Yeah, what is what is what is the stat I saw Jay Wright's number since like sixteen? He's like twenty and three in the tournament. Yeah, since twenty sixteen, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, it's what, He's twenty yeah. and three. Gonzaga's won twenty two games. They're the only programs to won more. And Kentucky's won. You know, they're, they're not. Even, they're like number eighteen on that list. <laughs> I'm sorry, times have changed. Get better in the tournament. Barely ahead of us. Yeah, <laughs> scrubs. Well, they haven't beaten us since nineteen eighty two. So it's been a long time. It was the Reagan administration, I believe. Might have been Ford. Not even no, sure. It was 82. I can't even keep track. <laughs> I can't even keep track, Trevor. It's been so long since we lost to Kentucky in men's basketball. I don't even know when it was. Texas says HVL is the GOAT. Also, does the new bill the government is trying to pass mean anything for UofL? Potentially. There's a new bill? Oh. I'm a bill. I sit on the steps of Capitol Hill. No, I mean, that was just, you could not have butchered that more. <laughs> Did you even listen to uh, what was those uh, school rock? School, school rock, yeah. <laughs> I'm just a bill on Capitol <laughs> Hill. That's what it is. Yeah, it's on the steps of Capitol Hill. Yeah, but you, you did not sing it the way that you said it. <laughs> what are you talking about? All right, let me talk about this bill real quick. I'm gonna look it up and play it and see how different it is to mine. I used to love Schoolhouse Rock. I never really watched. It. I just know that they I, played them in class sometimes. I know that. I don't know where I picked it up. Probably from Family Guy or something. Family Guy did do did yeah, mock it. I'm I think that's probably bill. where I got it. Yes, they <laughs> call me Bill, and I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Um, so two U.S. senators are introducing a a bipartisan bill. That would essentially like hold the NCAA accountable for these lengthy um, investigations and punishment rulings, and the bill would create deadlines to try to streamline investigations, and it authorizes the Department of Justice to fine the NCAA up to fifteen million dollars and remove its board of governors if the deadlines aren't met. I mean, I'm I'm aroused just hearing this. Like somebody actually holding the NCAA accountable for something. Oh my God. The bill would require NCAA investigations to be completed in eight months, 
it would prohibit the NCAA from punishing schools for violations that took place over two years ago. And it prohibits the NCAA from using, quote unquote, confidential sources for decisions. It also requires the NCAA to submit annual reports to the U.S. Attorney General. If this happens, if this bill were to be made a law, I mean, Louisville would be smooth sailing. Now, the NCAA would probably will, will probably give Louisville's punishment before this would even get to that point. But if they somehow don't, if we can stretch this thing out even longer, and that's what we've been waiting for this whole time. It's just to wait for the NCAA to essentially evaporate or to have its powers completely stripped before they can hit us with a, a postseason ban. And maybe that's what the NCAA is waiting for at this point, too. You want overarching NIL legislation? They want to have to do the work. There's way we're supposed to do I more. kind of feel like that's what they're doing. Like with NIL, they keep it, – it's like the, the Game of Thrones dragons. Like, oh, they're coming. Like, we're going to – we got something for this. Don't worry. These rules are coming. We've got this under control. We're not going to go state by state any longer. And I think they're just spinning their wheels until they – finally get put out of their misery and then they don't exist anymore they're not punishing teams because they don't like we're not gonna have power in two years anyway why should we even do this they're basically they've put in their two weeks their two weeks are actually just two years and that's what's happening here but if this let's do the right thing here people let's make this bill a law let's get out of the punishments it's been going on five years for god's sake let's end this end the madness Make some sense. Pass this bill. Texas with NC State's women's team losing and Duke and UNC going to the Final Four in the men's tourney. Is this the worst week of N- in NC State fandom history? Got to be up there. Not to mention you're talking trash about them and not giving them like the proper Cinderella. The That's all they have left now. That's, that's, that's left, why they're yeah. holding on to it so much. St. Peter's has nothing on our 83 national championship team. Well, yeah, like you won the national title, but I guess you were watching the Louisville game probably near the end of the, the uh, second overtime. Announcers were not kind of NC State's coaching a bit, uh, coach and, and his strategy during the end of that game. Apparently, oh, they weren't. Well, they. I get. I, of course, I can't confirm that this is how they were eliminated last year in the Sweet Sixteen. But they, he, I guess they were down. They they got down by two. And with UConn with the ball, each team was one timeout. Obviously, you want to save that one timeout because you can move the ball forward. Uh-huh. But he called it was like it was like four seconds left. He called the timeout, his last timeout. And the announcers, just oh, like, why is he doing so this? Because they can't advance the ball. They have that rule. That's that's what they got on him for. Because so he, now, so now, yeah, so now if UConn exactly. does something, they can't advance. And he goes, "This is what they did last year against." I don't remember this, but apparently this happened oh. against Indiana last year, where they did the same thing, and Indiana got the free throws. And, and NC State down three had to go all the way down, all the way down court instead of advancing. Right now, of course, in the in the confusion, you know, UConn's like, well, who gets the timeout here? And they're like, well, we're giving it to them. But if you want an advance, you got to call it yourself. So they did. So we had double timeouts. UConn still advanced. They end up, you know, hitting hitting both free throws. So it didn't really matter, and ended up winning by four. But man, it was still it was like it was a weird situation. Like, why are you calling this timeout? And Announcers were not very kind to. I kept thinking they called him West Miller, but it was West something like Westmore or something like that. They kept saying, "Is it Westmoreland?" I think is his last Westmore. name. I kept hearing every time I kept hearing. I think of the guy from Cincinnati is what my mind kept going to, but it's not. It's it's West he, something. He looked like Westmore. It is Westmore. Okay, yeah. He looked like a guy when he was shaking 
um, Gino Ariam's hand, who knew he just kind of screwed up. Like, I mean, yeah. Because, and I saw I, I saw a lot of people saying the same thing. Like, you know, you've got to save that timeout for that moment. It's why UConn was able to advance the ball and NC State wasn't. I didn't know that that had happened last year to them in the NCAA tournament. Uh, that's, I didn't either, but Whew. the announcers, I'm going to trust the, that's tough. the announcers in this game who probably watch more women's basketball than I do. Yeah. By the way, Wes Moore, I just Googled him. He went to this is apparently a real school. He looks like a, he looks like one of those guys that like just wait like for it. Failed insurance salesman. Wait for it. Westmore was a graduate of Johnson University. <laughs> a private Christian university oh, in, ten, <laughs> in Tennessee. Right outside of Knoxville. Johnson <laughs> University. Congrats. Johnson. Johnson. It's, it's funny it's fun to say. Uh, yeah. Let's take a break. When we come back, more reaction to the women's basketball news. Also, some updates. Louisville's reached out to a couple of players. One of them has Louisville in his final six. We'll talk about that coming up after the break on the men's side. And uh, we'll take more of your text on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Mike Rutherford Show rolling on here on a Tuesday on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. They call me Bill. Yes, they call me Bill. And I'm standing here on Capitol. Oh! Is there a theme today, or is this just TK Faves again? There's no theme. There's a theme today? Yeah. Oh, it's a double theme. Now I'm curious. Well, the the Capitol, Bill on Capitol Hill kind of threw, yeah. threw a little bit of a What do we there. have before that, though? Um, was Well, the song that opened that segment was Let's Go Crazy. Okay. That gives me nothing. The last the song in the first segment was now I've been uh, taken away by down. Okay, nothing, nothing for me either. Well, first of all, they're all three freaking Prince, dude. Well, I know, but like, I still, I'm not, I'm not sensing a theme. It just Minnesota, just hey, where, where, what is Minnesota? We're going to Minnesota. It's Prince. I know, but I thought there was gonna be like more. No, I mean, I'm pretty shallow. Okay, well, there's really no depth to me at all. I like that. I'm, I'm pretty basic. I'm good. With it. Yeah, I'm good. I mean, okay, fine. Uh, it's hour number two of the Mike Rutherford show. Uh, sorry to make you think it was some kind of like in depth. Like, well, every now and then you have something that's like completely out of left field that I just don't understand. <laughs> well, last time I did one of those, you almost walked out of the show on. Well, me. that one was ridiculous. <laughs> the, you're, you're quitting your the own soundtrack show. of an obscure VHS <laughs> basketball highlight tape that you had in the early '90s is not something that I could possibly get. <laughs> that was. It might as well have been like this. These are all songs from a mixtape I made for uh, Chelsea in sixth grade. Like I've got no be, shot at that. Be a good one. What would you put on the mixtape? <laughs> um, what what year was I dating Chelsea? Let's see here. That would have been ninety four. Ninety four. Probably have a lot of. Uh, probably have some new Jack Swing on there. Maybe a little um, some Boys to Men. A little uh, Cindy Lauper. Yeah, maybe throw in. Uh, I don't know if it was out yet, but maybe a little Keith Sweat. Oh, that, that was too too early for that though. Maybe a little too early for that one. Yeah. My body all over your body. Nobody. I used to have Twisted was my ringtone oh, at one point in college. Man. You, I mean, if you called me, it didn't matter who it was. I couldn't specify ringtones for specific people. But it'd be like, you know, you know, you. <laughs> and then I, I think I create people out. And I had to change got it. me twisted over. I saw Keith Sweat in concert. He's he, he's always in Louisville. I, it's insane. I, told, I, told, I think I told Troy this one time off the air, and he was 
he just almost wanted to give me a hug, but I was like, I was like, yeah, I actually took a date, and we, and we went on a date. I took this girl. I was damn right. I tried yeah. to, you know, I wanted to go out with her, but I took her, asked her out. We took her to the Keith Sweat concert. It was New Edition. Was the headline? It was their reunion tour. It was New Edition reunion with Keith Sweat and uh, Seven Hundred Two. I believe was the other band. I remember Seven Hundred Two. Yeah, and um, I mean. And Troy's like, well, but but she had a good time after that concert. I was like, no, we actually she a couple days later she got back with her boyfriend before me. Well, she just brought us the. He was like, you're the only man I know that can like go to take a girl to a Keith Sweat concert. And not like, like <laughs> did you get a hug? Or I was like, no, I got nothing. I had nothing out of it. I didn't get a hug, a kiss, nothing. Do you remember seven hundred two? Like I feel bad. Like I mean, poor Keith Sweat couldn't even help me get like even some like interaction of some kind. Yeah, that's when you take a girl to the key to a Keith Sweat concert, you're not being. I mean, I'm not saying I'm you're not being trying to, pretty bold. Yeah, I'm not trying to be like you know, like, act like I'm like you know, like, be mean or something. Like I should at least get a hug at the end of it, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, it's Keith Sweat. I was thinking seven hundred two was the other girl group. I was thinking of three LW was the girl group that I was thinking of. I don't remember three LW. They had the girl. There's no nice way to say this. They had a, a lead singer who had a lisp, and it was very obvious. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I can't I'm even getting a little tired of your broken promises, promises. And I was like, I'm like, can we can we not mask this a little bit like this? It's a it's a catchy song, but I can't I can't get over the beginning. Coolest thing about this concert was L Cool J showed up. Wow! Randomly, out of nowhere. That's cool. And joined uh, Keith joined Keith Sweat to do uh, Freak Me. Nice. Still, I didn't get it. And I was gonna say, and she still yeah, got, got back with nothing. the old boyfriend. My God! In my defense, though, she got back with him, and they've been together ever since. They have like six kids now. Well, that's nice. So, I mean, that's that's yeah. At least that gives me some kind of confidence, I guess, to know that you made that happen. I helped make that happen. I mean, I fell on that fell on that sword, even though no one fell on mine, but. I just still. She heard nobody and just reminded her that, that, <laughs> that she wanted to be back with him. That nobody was better than her ex. I still can't remember anything 702 actually sang, though. I can't remember their songs now. I remember what they. I, 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 I keep wanting to go to SWV. That's why. That was, that, was that was the girl group for me. I liked SWV. Week was the jam. Week was the jam. Yes. <laughs> now I've got to look up what songs that that, That's going on the mixtape of the early 90s for the ladies. For Chelsea? Week. Oh, yeah. Chelsea's getting weak. Oh, her knees will get weak. So oh, 702 was that. Where my girl's at? From the front okay. to back. Well, is you feeling that? I put one hand up. Can you repeat that? <laughs> trying to take my man. See, I don't need that. See, I don't. Don't, don't question me on my late 90s, early, I remember early 2000s the group. I just, R&B yeah. girl groups. They didn't do a big set. Neither did, neither did Keith Sweat. He only did about five or six songs. Well, that's, I mean, there's, there's a reason for both of those things. Yeah, but well, because New Edition came out, and they did like their old school stuff. Then they all came out and did individual stuff, and they did their new CD at the time, which is what it was. Okay. It was a long concert. A great concert. One of my favorites, though. Are you ready to talk uh, some men's basketball news? I don't know how we transition to it, but sure. We'll get back to the women in a second. We'll go back to the text line and take your text. But uh, something happened today that I, I think is, is relevant. There's all this um, talk about... Not just the uh, the coaching staff search is going to, you know, people keep asking questions. I've got nothing for you. Nolan Smith's going to be on the staff. That's all I can tell you. Duke is still playing right now, so they can't announce that. Everybody else will, will find out. Although I did see that Taylor Barnett, former Belmont star who's been on our staff the last four years, he stepped up into an assistant role uh, after Chris Mack left. He apparently is going to join uh, Steve Prohm's staff at Murray State, which is kind of ironic. He hit the a famous game winner in the OVC tournament for Belmont against Murray State when they were right. they were big rivals. Can't beat them, join them, or I guess you beat them and then join them. I don't know. You beat them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can't let them beat you, then 
join them and help them. Guess he felt bad after beating them. He wanted to keep them back. But Taylor rules. He's an awesome guy. He was a fantastic (laughs) player, and he'll be a great coach one day. But he will not be a member of the the new Kenny Payne staff, which you expected. I think the only holdover from the past staff is probably going to be Reese Gaines. It's the only one I expected. Um, I, I couldn't tell you about, you know, Sup- do, do we have confirmation if uh, your boy's been back to New Zealand or not yet? Ross McMains? Yeah. Based on his Instagram, he's been in New York a lot. <laughs> so, not sure what's next for him. Not New York, New Zealand, Ross. I'm wrong gu- wrong plane. I'm guessing his first taste of the, the college level in America was probably not what he signed up for. <laughs> but we'll see what his next step is. He's been kind of bouncing back and forth between the NBA and, and the NBDL for a long time. We'll find out where he goes now. Uh, not the NBDL, the NBL, the, the New Zealand Basketball League. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I'm glad you clarified that one. Yeah, the NBDL. <laughs> we'll find out what happens on that front. But uh, as far as like the – everybody wants to talk about roster now. Who are we going after? We, we mentioned yesterday all the players that we now know are not going to be a part of next year's team. Uh, Deontay Davis decommits. Frederick King decommits. We now know Samuel Williamson has entered the transfer portal. We knew before that Gabe Wisnitzer has entered the transfer portal. So we've got – a healthy amount of open scholarships to work with, and the question becomes, who's going to fill these bad boys? We knew late last week that Louisville had at least reached out to Sky Clark, the five-star point guard from the 2022 class. Again, that would mean he would be on next year's team, who had previously been committed to Kentucky for like two years before decommitting. Today, Sky Clark announced he's down to six schools. Those six schools, USC, Illinois, which lost Andre Corbello to the transfer portal yesterday. I don't know if that helps us because point guard opening. Maryland, Tennessee, Washington, and your fighting Cardinals of Louisville. I think that's in reverse order of, of preference, too. Well, you know, I'm saving it. It's called building suspense. Right? Oh, okay, good. There's somebody out there who's like, is he going to talk about this And if we're not in the top six? <laughs> if you'd said, what like, is he doing? If you'd said Gonzaga to end up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Mur- Murray State. Gonzaga. <laughs> but we are a finalist for Sky Clark. He's got a top six. No word on whether, you know, what the timeline looks like for him. He did apparently make comments about, all these schools, but I don't have an insider subscription for On3, so I, I didn't read what he said about Louisville. What, what's the site? That On3, it's the new big never network. Never heard of it. Well, I, I, you should have because I've told you all about it. The last time that you said you'd never heard about it. Still not ringing a bell. <laughs> well, I, I, I'd give you the same spiel again, but I know we'd re- be right here, back here in about a month and a half. Just record it. So Play it on a little tape player. <laughs> so S- Sky Clark and... I thought it was interesting. Sam Bassini, who, who covers the draft as well as anybody for The Athletic, he went ahead and ranked. I don't know him. He, Sam's great. Yeah, He's I, awesome. I know that. He worked for us for SB Nation back in the day. He went ahead and ranked all of the available players in college basketball. If you're a recruit, if you're a transfer, if you're available right now for to play next season, he ranked the best players that are available. Wow. And yeah, it's a lot of work. I mean, you've got some high-profile names in the transfer portal now. Yeah, Terrence Shannon, we've mentioned from Texas Tech. Andre Cabello from Illinois. He ranks Sky Clark ahead of both those guys. He ranks Sky Clark as the fifth best available player of any sort of experience. Transfer, incoming freshman, whatever. He's got him at number five. That's how highly he thinks of him. And Do you know I'm going to ask? Okay. Who are the first four? The first four. are all, Three of them are also recruits. He's got... Uh, the Johan Traor kid who just decommitted from LSU, 
as the number one available Did not player. See that, but okay. Six foot ten forward. Basically, all these guys have just decommitted. From decommitted somewhere. recently. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's he went to prolific prep, the the famous prep school, and then went to Dream City, which I've never heard of, but apparently is a is an actual school. Sounds so fake. They're getting less and less like serious with these fake schools. <laughs> they are. Right? It's just going to be like. I don't think they're trying anymore. Dream right? City. <laughs> Made up school prep, like they're finally going like one, two, three prep academy. I think it's just going to be called school at one point. It's not even going to try to give it a real the name. The school, the school. I went to the school. That's actually kind of cool sounded. The school. I reclassified. <laughs> Finished school five years early. I'm 14. I'm ready to play college basketball. Uh, Malik Renault, who just decommitted from Florida, he's yeah. got him at number two, six eight forward out of uh, Montverde Academy, another one of the prep schools down there. Yeah, um, yeah they're all prep schools. And then Julian Phillips, who's a another high school senior is the number three available player. Um, at number four, he's got Brandon Murray, uh, who's a transfer from LSU. Basically, like half of these guys on this list are, are leaving LSU because <laughs> Will Wade finally got his comeuppance. And now they I don't think they care about his comeuppance. They just care he was still, he's gone now, I guess. Yeah. He'd still be cheating and be there. Uh, I mean, I'd like to know where, where we are on these other four guys, too. This is what Kenny Payne has done to me as a Louisville fan. We just expect to get everybody now. I don't expect to get them. Eyeball I, emojis. I don't. Maybe not get them, hmm. but I, I expect to be in the hunt. I expect to be mentioned. I expect them to put us on their top six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever they do. When these kids do odd number lists, I, I expect I expect to have interest from them. That's what I do. I don't. I'll, I'll say this. I don't like that Sky Clark has Illinois in his final six because because of the Corbello leaving. You assume I know Carbello ended up coming off the bench this year. You assume he would have been the starting point guard for next season, and I'm sure that Sky Clark, having the relationships that he had with the Kentucky staff, probably had some relationship with with Jim Cullen and, and Orlando and Siegel when they were at Illinois. And there's probably some relationship with Brad Underwood there and some of the other guys that are still hanging around. So that makes me a little bit nervous. But hey, man, if you want to play for quote unquote players coach. Well, yeah, you probably had connections. I'm sure you had a relationship with Kenny Payne before, yes, too. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. You probably had that, too, as well. Number 10 on this list also warrants mentioning because he just entered the transfer portal yesterday. My pick as the USBWA National Player of the Week back in early February, K.J. Williams from Murray State. Wow. The reigning OVC Player of the Year. He averaged 18-8. and eight. Um, Everybody's leaving Murray State now because Matt McMahon got the job at LSU. Nobody likes Steve Prom? Steve Prom. He, uh, you know, he... I don't know. I know people with names don't like him, but <laughs> he likes transfers. We'll see. Okay, but like everybody's under the portal. KJ Williams also might wind up going pro, but I think it's probably more likely that he spends one year at a, a big time program. He's a big time player. I mean, six foot ten. He can shoot the three. He, he can score in the paint. He'll be a big time player wherever he goes. Now Louisville. If you're looking, I mean, you mentioned where are we with these other guys? A lot of the players on this list are six eight power forwards or six ten centers. We're, I mean kind of okay in the, in the front court right now, assuming Sidney Curry comes back and assuming that we've got Roosevelt Wheeler there to back him up. And no, beggars cannot be choosers, Mike. We'll take, we'll take, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm going to take anything. and start to, We'll figure it out. Let's just take them all and let's just sort it out when the season starts. My point, though, is <laughs> if you're one of these guys on this list, if you're Johan Treor looking for your new school, you look at Louisville and you say, well, they, they kind of have some guys already there in that front court. Like, I want to go somewhere where – I know I'm going to start, and not just start, but play like 35 minutes a night. And I don't think Louisville can guarantee that right now, with Curry being as effective as he was down the stretch, and with Trainer probably hanging around, and Roosevelt Wheeler probably hanging around. I guess we'll see how that all shakes out. But I think that we can 
we can appeal to guards right now more than we can appeal to. Well, we should be able to appeal to everybody. I hope Johan's not thrown by two, two of those three guys who barely played more than two minutes a game. You would year. hope not, but I, I mean, mean look at, I mean, I, and I, at least with Curry, I get, but like the other kids, like, yeah, wow, this guy who didn't even play for like three months straight, it felt like, and JJ Trader. And that honestly should be the message from Kenny Payne, even with Curry, as good as he was down the stretch. You, yeah. should, you should, if you're a five star kid coming into freshman, you should say, look, we got some guys coming back. Yeah. They won 13 games last year. Exactly. <laughs> if you're as good as you, as everybody says you are, you should be able to come in here and, and earn that spot right away. If we wanted to play them as much as you think we want to, we would have been better. We wouldn't be talking to you. Now, the other <laughs> roster update that's out there today, I had mentioned before there's been palpable buzz that Sidney Curry was being pursued by other programs that were their main pitch was, we've got big-time NIL deals. And we've been saying, hey, it's time to step up on the NIL front here. This is Louisville, for God's sake. We're a big city without a pro sports team. Let's start throwing some money around. Let's get these businesses involved. Sidney Curry's Instagram, there are no details out there, but he did on his story. This is how news gets broken these days. He posted a picture of a table with business cards in an envelope at Jeep Chrysler Cross or Cross Chrysler Jeep or Chrysler Cross Jeep, however the hell you say it. He's getting that Jeep bag. <laughs> He's going to be a Jeep guy? He's going to be a Jeep guy. He's going to throw the deuces, which I didn't know was a thing until I started. Jeep thing you wouldn't understand. Well, like John Ramsey, like was he talked about it as if like I should have known it when I first started doing the show with him. And I'm like, do Jeep people do that? Like I, I had no idea. Do what? They throw like peace signs at each other when they drive past. Do they really? See, now you're reacting like I did. I I'm, I still can't get past the, the big blue Drew, who is so great, and then drives a Jeep. Like we did a we did a, a show together one time over like at a Zaxby's. And he pulls up and he didn't have like any doors on his Jeep. Yeah, that's how they do. And I was like, "Dude, are you okay?" I was like, are, "It's a lifestyle." I thought, I thought he was like having money issues. I'm like, "Do you need, <laughs> do you need me to like help you out or something?" He's like, "No, no, we just took the doors off." I'm like, "Why?" And he's like, "Oh, it's, this is what you do." I'm like, "It's a Jeep thing." Yeah, like, you wouldn't understand. Can you name one other car where someone owns it? Like, I'm gonna take the door. Like, I'm, you think I'm gonna take the passenger door off my Rav Four out here? You should. I mean, what? I'm like, he's got his daughter with him. I'm like, what if she like falls out? He's like, she's not gonna fall out. I'm like. Ugh. I would have at that age. It reminds me the the peace sign thing. You know when I drove my Chevy Lumina back in the nineties, we 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 had a, we had a similar thing where if you saw another Lumina on the highway, you both just started crying when you looked at really? each other. Yeah, we just you know we we're like yeah. I, I know what led us to this point in life that we're driving a ninety two Lumina around. If you drive a Camry, you just flick the other person off. Just just angry. Yeah, <laughs> just, you're, you're just, just mad. Just mad. But that's I mean, if we were at all concerned about and Sydney Curry too is. To his credit, we should say. Thirty's gonna drive around with no doors on his Jeep. Well, yeah, stay safe, Sid. <laughs> yeah, don't make too many quick turns. But even with the rumors being out there, and even though he wasn't one of the players who talked with Kenny Payne when Payne was was first in town a couple weeks ago, he still is posting a bunch of like pro Louisville stuff on his social media channels. He's he's posting pictures of him throwing the L and all this stuff. I, it, it'd be a big curveball to be doing all this stuff and then be like, I'm going to Creighton. Like, I, I mean, I just <laughs> right I feel like he's going to be back at this point. <laughs> I feel pretty confident about it. I am very confident as well. And now we've got Sky Clark, who's you know, we're officially a player for. Where do you feel in confidence with L. Ellis right now? I think he's kind of a wild card. And that's, I mean, that's, Curry's the only one I feel the most confident about. That's the I, I, I'm with you. I felt good about Dre Davis to be quite frank no, a while ago, I and did, now I think I he's. Too. I mean, assuming yeah. if his brother's gone, he's gone too. I think that Curry is the most likely to stick around of anybody you got on the roster. Ellis, I keep I mean people keep saying that word that I just tossed out, which is wild card. I mean I know he did the comments where he said, you know, I'm I'm I like being here. I love Louisville, but 
He says like he pretty much said he's going to still take his options open though. I mean, based on his comments, I think before he met with Kenny Payne, his plan was to definitely enter the transfer portal and at least see what was out there and then make a decision with Louisville still being in play. And he sort of made it sound that like after the conversation with Kenny Payne, he's like I may not even have to do that, which was somewhat encouraging but the fact that his mind was already in a place where he was just assuming he was going to go that route and at least talk to other schools I think was something that we weren't aware of because he was so rah-rah go cards after the season was over and he still kind of has been on social media he's posted a bunch of videos of himself playing and like missed this feeling can't wait to get back he's he's never gone so far as to been like can't wait to get back in the yum center or like can't wait to be <laughs> playing ACC teams again but I don't know. I mean, it's like mostly because it felt like him and Curry were the two guys we were always like, oh, well, those two are locked. We're, we're good here. We're, and those are the ones that we want. Yeah, and those are the ones. And I guess maybe Mike James kind of falls in a weird category too because we never saw him play. And, you know, I mean, I don't know, unless him and Curry just really don't get along about fighting over that corn dog or something. After hey, like, there have been multiple pictures of them yeah, hanging out. Exactly. I think they've gotten over whatever that was, if there was even anything going on there. But yeah, everybody else, I mean, other than maybe Trainer was the kind of a given. That the, the consensus was, oh, well, if we hire Payne, he's a given to come right. back. But I mean, everybody else, I mean, it just felt like those two were, the, were almost like the locks, it felt like. Or maybe, like you said, they came in, and we made them feel like locks because they were the guys that. We we wanted the most to come back, opposed to a guy named Locke. Yeah. <laughs> Texture says that. Uh, gone, hopefully. I'm assuming. <laughs> Texture says, who do you think runs Kenny Payne's Twitter account? Yeah, Not- I thought he created one didn't it, when he got to the little job. Didn't, didn't that, wasn't that the creation of his Twitter account? Yeah, you I mean you have to at this point. Like yeah. the, Even Rick Pitino, who was the most anti-Twitter coach of all time, basically because he just wanted to do the opposite of whatever Calipari was having success with, he finally had to, to launch one. Uh, so who do I think runs Kenny Payne's Twitter account? somebody who's not Kenny Payne. (laughs) I do love when like people fall over themselves with like Leonard Hamilton has the funniest sense of humor. And then they interview Leonard Hamilton. He's like, I don't even know what was on my Twitter. He's like, he's like, like, I don't even have the password. I can't even log into it. I've got no idea who's saying what I'm going to blow your mind. This, 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 and you may not know who this Twitter account, you may not follow, but it's even as a non-wrestling fan, you may do the iron Sheik. It's not, it's not him that tweets. I kind of assumed that over the yeah, years. It's, it's two yeah. guys that did that, that run it. That they're like were friends of his or something that did run it. And they constantly run it. But like, I, I told it's like, I, you tell a little, uh, a wrestling fan that they're mind blown. They're like, Oh, like I'm mind blown from disappointment that it isn't actually iron Sheik that the tweets. I kind of, when he was all over the place, cause I feel like his relevance has kind of dwindled a little bit in recent years. But when, when you couldn't go a day without seeing an iron Sheik, tweet, yeah. I, I kind of was like, I bet this isn't him. Now, that said, I, for someone who's watched hundreds of Sheik interviews and in recent ones, that's the way he does talk. Like they, well, yeah, they, that's they, why it they works so well. That. Like, if there's ever, like, a perfect, like, transcript of, of how someone speaks to, moved over to Twitter, that is his account. Uh, the language and the, 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 the way it's set, written, yeah, that, that is him, but it is somebody tweeting it out. I wonder if that's, but I, back I, to Kenny Payne. I can say this real quickly, though. Okay. I do know who runs Rick Pitino's account. Ooh, it's not Pitino? It's not Rick Pitino. No. That one kind of disappoints me. I thought it might have been Pitino. Now, he does do the thing, and most coaches do this, where it's it has to get run by them okay. before they hit like, send. Say, like, hit send. Yeah. And every now and then they will. Like It's a mix of, with post-game stuff or with trying to capitalize on moment stuff, they'll let an employee run the, the, the account and send the tweet out. But, if a, but also, like, Pitino will also contact this person and say, hey, I, I want a tweet saying this and just tell them what to say. Do you sometimes. think it's wrong that, that that someone who's has an account being run by somebody else gets a blue blue check mark? 
it is sort of misleading. It is because you're not actually. I mean, it's not their words. Yeah, and if some they and if they're just tweeting something out that is inappropriate or gets them in trouble, they can just like pull that card and be like, "Oh, well, I wasn't even using the account anyway." They should have to do it the way. Remember when, like, when Obama first got elected, and they had because he was the first president of the quote unquote Twitter age. Yeah, and they had the yeah. the, the POTUS account, and they would always send stuff. But if it was from Obama himself, he would have to sign it. So that's how you knew this was like him saying okay, it, I didn't realize that, and everything yeah. else was just coming from basically his office. Like they should have to, they should have to do that with coaches or yeah. other people who have blue checks. That makes sense. By the way, did you see the the Trump press release on him hitting a hole in one? No. Oh my god, he hit a hole in one. He hit a hole in one and wrote an official press release about it. Objectively hilarious. Do you think he really hit a hole in one? Yeah. Okay, I'm just curious because he was playing with with, with he Ernie Els and other pros. Which he made it a point to say. And then at the end of this whole press release where he's like, I, I hit a five iron into a strong wind. It, it floated beautifully in the air and <laughs> bounced twice before clanging in the go. At the very end of it, he talks about, he's like, I played with Ernie in a straight up no strokes given against Dave, Rick, and whoever these other guys were. He's like, he's like, I would say who won, but I hate cocky people and I don't want to say who it was. <laughs> like, oh, I'm like, oh my God, this is beautiful. It was unbelievable that this got put out there i did not see that you've got to read it. I have to check you've it got out. to read it. it it's a it's a great time the guy who runs kenny payne's account or i mean maybe you should know this because if you know somebody who actually does run the patino account is it like a one person's only job or is it no. just like or is it just thrown on like as an extra to some other employee i think it's thrown on as an extra to somebody who's a quote-unquote social media professional like they're probably now with patino it's the person gets paid, but it's, it's a relative who just like <laughs> just kind of did it when he wanted to get started and didn't really know much about Twitter. Like nep- that sounds like a nephew job or something. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm neither confirming <laughs> yeah. nor denying. <laughs> but um, I can't tell you how it goes at every school. I want to get payments enough for someone wants to run my Twitter account. It'd be just a bunch of misspelled words and just like wrestling stuff. Well, that's sort of what happened. I can do that. If I don't need to pay somebody to do that, I've done. I can do that on my own. Text that who runs Mac's account. Mac. Does he have a guess? <laughs> now, I think everybody like Chris Mac, even the ones who are always on Twitter, they have to have – there's a university employee who has access to the account just on the off chance that, like, you know, after games, if you won an Elite Eight game, something we never got to experience with Chris Mack at the helm, but if you won an Elite Eight game and you're you're out on the floor celebrating and you're, you know, you're doing the interviews and you don't – like, you want to have something on your, your timeline. So, like, that's when the employee would step up and be like – Headed to, like, see you guys in Minneapolis or see you guys in New Orleans yeah. and post, like, the graphic that UofL's put together. I feel like if you if you ever wonder if a coach actually runs their account, I, I feel like if there's ever anything family-related or personal-related, tweeted out, picture-wise specifically, that probably tells you it's the person actually running the account. Like, if you look at the accounts that probably are run by employees only for coaches, they never put anything out there, like, family-wise. It's yeah. always It's always, like you just said, we can't wait to get to so-and-so or... You know, there's there's some quirky stuff said maybe, but it's never anything. So proud you, of Trevor, the ACC Player of the Week. Yeah, yeah you don't like you don't get pictures of the kids or right. like you see with Max account. You don't get other stuff like that. You know, you get pretty much just straight vanilla professionalism. You can usually tell which ones are genuine and which aren't. Yeah, that's after all these years, and this is the lamest skill to have developed. But after spending so much time on the internet for basically the last fifteen years, <laughs> which is in the irony of all ironies, I used to make fun of like computers and stuff growing up. I was like, "Oh, you nerd!" Like, which pretty much because I didn't have one growing yeah, up. Same here. And then like I've I've spent pretty much my entire adult life being way too online. But one of the skills that I've picked up, I think I can identify an internet hoax very very well, or a person who's just like not actually a real person. 
like a bot. Posing. Yeah, like a bot or like somebody who's been like, like in these cases, somebody who's Leonard Hamilton's Twitter account. I'm like, you that's, need to click on the hydrant, the, the, the bridge in the car to, to see who's a bot and who's not. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, you know, when I'm a bot, you have to click on the pictures of the fire hydrant and the. Oh, the, uh, the picking out the, yeah, yeah, picking which, the which of these pictures has a, a stoplight? Yeah. It's like this is the world both. we signed up for. Um, but I feel like I'm very, very apt. I could go pro in that. That and fly swatting, the two things that I'm very good at. What would you go pro at? <laughs> Anything other than sports. What, <laughs> what random skill could Trevor Kelsey go pro at? Uh, Madden general manager dynasty mode. I mean, everybody thinks they're good at Oh, no, games. I am the man of that. You should start playing in tournaments. I've played, I've played so many. Well, that's actually playing the game. No, I'm just the general manager. I'm just the uh, I'm the Donnie Walsh. I can, I, can, I can build you a dynasty. I'll put together you a team. Trust me. Texas says, Mike, can you send Trevor to the doctor? I'm pretty sure he might have walking pneumonia. Trev, you need a steroid dose, dose pack and an antibiotic. <laughs> I've had walking pneumonia num- num- a couple times in my life. You did say you weren't feeling great earlier, and you yeah. make, you're making me nervous. I, I do not want to get sick again. I, trust me. I don't have walking pneumonia. I've had walking pneumonia. It will knock me out for about 48 to 72 hours. Ugh. Like I, I, would have, I wouldn't be able to come in. I, I tried doing a show one day, I remember, with it. I was with Roush. We were on location, and they just him and he just sent me home, like halfway to the show. He's like, "Dude, you just need to leave." Texas says, "Now do you know what I mean?" Trevor just demonstrated how he's both the best and also the worst with the on three stuff. <laughs> Texas says, "Mike, I already what, forgot what on three was." <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I didn't, yeah, we established that. <laughs> Texas says, "Mike, when are you taking over the on three U of L website?" People keep bringing this up, and I don't. I don't know how this rumor got started. I have not been contacted by anybody at On3 ever. Like in the midst of the Brahm stuff, like all these people, like, like Ennis and Greer and all these people were texting me. They're like, are you going to On3? Because the message boards are all saying you are. I'm like, <laughs> oh, good. I believe the message boards, right? I, I know. And I, I told them, I was like, LOL, like, like no, like that, that's not happening. And then they're like, these people seem pretty convinced that they've got some sort of insight. I'm like, I am telling you, like, if I go to On3 in the next week, you can have my first year salary. Like I, I've not been contacted by anybody. I don't no idea where this came from. I don't know. But what's what it called on three anyway? I don't. I don't know, Trevor. I don't. I don't know. I mean, but if they want to pay me to, to run a UL website, yeah. <laughs> DMs are open. You can find my email publicly. It's an AOL one. <laughs> the last one. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll hit the text line heavy. You guys have loaded up the text line. I want to make sure that we get to as many as possible before the show ends. We'll do that. I will get back in the women's basketball discussion as well. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Tuesday here on 1450 The Big X. We're going to Minneapolis, baby. Wichita and Minneapolis. You can't get two better de- destinations than that if you're on your way to a national title. Hey, Minneapolis isn't bad. I've never been. I've been once. Super Bowl's the only time I've ever been to Minneapolis. Hey, worked out well for you then. Yeah. It's going to work out well for us this hey, weekend. I got, and I got to go to the, uh, the the Twin Stadium. That's where I picked up my ticket through StubHub. That's like a boy. Locker room in the Twin Stadium. And 
went to see the. I guess they're playing in women's final four. That's going to be, I guess, where the Minnesota Timberwolves play. I guess is that where it'll be held. Seems like a safe bet. I don't think they'll put it in the dome. That's where the men's final four used to be when they played there, though. Well, when the men's were there, they had it in the Hubert H. Humphrey dome, right? Yeah. But I don't think the women. I mean, I don't think the women will put it in a dome one day. I don't think they've got to that level yet. Do you want to know a fun Mike Rutherford fact? <laughs> I, I, I would die for a fun Mike Rutherford fact. I was the 2006 Bellarmine University speech champion school wide, and my championship speech was about Hubert Humphrey. <laughs> Wait, he's a real person. He's <laughs> not just a dome. I was rolling in women in college. You couldn't tell. Not just a dome with garbage bag outfield. Do you want to hear my championship winning speech about Hubert Humphrey? I want to. Yeah, I kind of want to. Who was he? How he he was the he ran for president. He basically lost to Nixon oh, in okay. the presidential election. Wow. I'm just thinking how many says that consolation prize. You lose to Nixon, you get uh, a speech you get about speech, you. Yeah. Minnesota's favorite son. The only the only failed Minnesota presidential candidate I think of is uh, Walter Mondale, wasn't it? He when he from Minnesota. I think you're right. Because I almost I might I want to trust you there. I think you're right. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's in Beverly Hills now two and zero. Jason Priestley, who they, the characters were from Minnesota, he, he is named, from Minneapolis. He named his car uh, Mondale in that show. In honor of Walter Mondale. We're coming up on the one-year anniversary of Walter Mondale's death. He died, I, died in Minneapolis. Really? Yeah. Minnesota, my, great at being runner-up and stuff. My, my presidential history packs for Minnesota involved 90210 and sports domes. Not a terrible combination. Not the same. Between the Vikings, the, the Timberwolves, <laughs> every Minnesota uh, Gophers athletic team, and presidential candidacies. It's just been not a whole lot of runner success. Here's a little, little uh, tidbit about Minnesota for you. All four major sports are there. All of them, none of them use Minneapolis. They all just say Minnesota. It makes sense. I mean, that's probably what it's we would have to do. It's the only one, only, 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 only uh, area that does that. Because even the Pacers have the Indiana Pacers, Indiana Fever, but Indianapolis Colts. Colts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're the only, they're the, only uh, the state to do that with all all four of them. State title only. There you go. I mean, poor Minneapolis. I guess Minneapolis, St. Paul, but yeah. Yeah. It's okay. St. <laughs> uh, Paul Tre- even gets even worse. <laughs> Trevor, have you emotionally recovered yet from the, the Oscar slap? No, I haven't. Still I'm there. still there. Yeah. I, I, I did see the apology. The apology came last night. The as half assed as it was. I thought it was a fine apology. It was a weak apology. At least apology. he said it directly to Chris Rock. He didn't even like, he, what, he barely even apologized. He was just like, you know, sorry your face got in the way of my hand type thing. Can, the, the, we, we all knew this was going to happen. Like on, mean, on Sunday night, everybody said the think pieces on this are going to be just outrageous. They're going to be everywhere. They're going to cover every possible topic. And I didn't think it was going to be this bad. <laughs> I was a little aggravated that Chris Rock apologized. I didn't know he did. Yeah, he sent out an apology too, saying like, "Hey, I'm sorry, the joke just went too far." And I'm like, "No, it didn't. Yeah. It was not. It didn't go too far. It was a fine. The joke was fine. You can say you didn't. It was a bad joke. That whatever, but it didn't go too far. It went far from too far. At some point, there's going to be Chris. Come on, there's going to be something written somewhere that ties in what happened with Will Smith and Chris Rock to why gas prices are so high. <laughs> I saw Jim Carrey trending earlier, and that he he was. Uh, you click on him. He's like he's like, hey, maybe we shouldn't hit people, and everybody's like, whoa! <laughs> I love some people in the Twitter verse are like, well, who are you to talk? I heard you're not very nice on the set. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't mean he's, he's Christian Bale. Neither one of them are going up on stage smacking people. It's just <laughs> we we can't have a normal discussion about anything anymore. It's just those days have long passed. <laughs> Whatever. Unless you are one of unless you're like. Walking on water, 
Jesus himself, you can't co- you can't comment about somebody because you know you're not perfect. This is why people just make jokes now. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have serious discussions about things. No, and from time to times, I will with people that I, I trust in my life that I know we can talk about things and like still be human beings afterward. But that's not what the internet is set up for anymore. <laughs> no, 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 no. And so, jokes, good. That's it. That's that. That's all I'm going to dive into. He was at their GI Jane. Just the jokes. Well, no, not that. No. Has somebody actually made a picture of like Jada with the like the, on the Photoshop of the GI Jane two poster? Probably not. Come on, internet. Texas Will didn't apologize. His PR team did for him. Yeah. That's yeah, quite possibly. Probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Texas Trev, go to the doctor. I can hear you inhaling every breath through the mic. It's very prevalent. I'm. Uh, I have mute. You'd be surprised how many times I mute during the show to, to blow my nose and to, to cough something. Well, out. I wouldn't be because I'm seeing it. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm. A little, I've got a little bit of a cold. Apparently, I'm sorry. I'm. But you know what? Like Jordan, I fight through it, man. I'm not. I'm not just staying home. Of course, nowadays, if you have a cold, you're like you might as well be put in like a leper island or something. You know what I want to see sometimes? Like you, looking back at that the Jordan flu game, where whether he was hungover or whether he was actually sick. Yeah, I know. Like the images of him, like at, you know, the second a whistle's blown, he's like falling over. They're like carrying him to the bench. I want to see like a semi-important role player have that same type of like, like he's he's toughing it out right now. He only plays about twenty minutes a night anyway, but he's <laughs> they need it. and like he's like falling over. They're like carrying him to the bench. They're like wait, like that. He's he got five points and two boards here, but he's really toughing through this illness just because like it just was so. It, I'm, I think he played it up a little bit. Is what I'm saying. Somewhat like Kellen Winslow, like in, in the, the 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 or more the famously lawyer. Paul Pierce after crapping his pants. <laughs> You can get Paul Pierce a pass though. Did he get stabbed in the neck? Well, hey, <laughs> I mean, I'm not doubting. Yeah, not doubting that. Yeah, who like, would have thought the you, pants scrapping would take nine stabbings in the neck? You think you have the right to poop your pants? I, do you remember when the story came out? Like the, the initial press, like like the stories. The were poop just, or like, the neck stabbing? Well, the stabbing. Okay, let's <laughs> say which one. But the initial stories were like he's gonna die. Like, oh yeah, and it was understandably so. You get stabbed nine times. It's kind of like that's what you expect the follow up to be. It's horrifying. Might have been. I think I'm exaggerating, but still, it, it was, might not have been. It was a bunch. Yeah. All I know is he got stabbed multiple times. Yeah. Texas, your rendition of that uh, 702 song was fantastic. Well, thank you. It was. It was very good. We love singing on this show. <laughs> we, whether you want to hear us sing or not, we do. We don't care. We don't care. Texas, I love how Sean last week Sean Moth talked about the hours of preparation and effort he puts into every radio call he does, and you and Trevor just show up a few minutes before going on air <laughs> and open up Sports Reference and Wikipedia and hit start. <laughs> I do actually have Thanks a list. By the way, you nailed it. <laughs> I mean, I have a list of stuff to talk about that I, I do write down every day, and I pull up the tabs on the computer, and then I, I don't know why I still do this. I, I'm lying. As I'm doing it, I'm like, you're lying to yourself. You know you're not going to get there. Did, did, Sean, did Sean actually have, like, flip cards with him when he was in, like, in here doing the show? No. He, he talks about this is for his baseball broadcast. Yeah, but, like, when he – at one point in the show, he, he – He had a computer. Okay, okay, because he, he, when he when he read off that list of coaches that had like a Final Four or whatever. I know, and everybody's like, how does Tom Moth know this off and the like, top and of like, his head? And you just like went on in the conversation. I'm sitting there driving, listening to the show going, that's freaking impressive. No, he like, How are you not even just like bowing down to this man after doing that? He even had to like bring it up. He's like, because somebody because the text line was like, oh my God, Sean Moth knows every <laughs> yeah. coach that's been to a Final Four off the top of his head. I mean, Dana Altman out there. I'm like, really? Yeah, he had to be like, no. He's like, I just read it. I had it in front of me. Uh, text, but but the, just the four, the four, uh, the habit right in front of you, because you didn't know that was going to come up as a topic, maybe. I mean, yeah. It's weird. Texture says, uh, fourth grade math errors. 
oblivious that the Final Four and Prince are in from Minnesota. I was not oblivious. I just wouldn't put it together the theme. I couldn't remember the song. I missed the text. What was it? What did he say? He says, this Mike becoming Trevor thing is alarming. (laughs) Trevor is awesome, but two Trevors might spin the earth off its axis. Mike, please eat a salad. It could be your only defense. Eat a salad. Save the world. Yeah, you can't have two trailers. That's yeah. You throw the balance of the world off. It would. I this think. person has also now photoshopped your face on my body in a picture with my family. What? I gotta see this. I mean, I look at it. <laughs> it's like the Michael Scott ski trip Photoshop. Part of me wants to put that on like my Twitter account, like make it in my background picture on my Twitter account. Please don't. <laughs> Actually, I don't care. That's fine. I might do it. You know what? I'll do it on Facebook so it doesn't bother you. Texture says, correction, the Iron Sheet guys apologized to Will Smith on behalf of Mr. Rock, and the Nick Saban guy apologized to Chris Rock on behalf of Mr. Slappy. <laughs> Slappy. Texture says, Lamar pooped all over himself against Cleveland. LOL. Did he? I, remember, the, it was the game where he had to go to the bathroom, or he went to the locker room, and then he came back in and threw a, a touchdown oh, pass yeah, to end. Oh, right. yeah, It's yes, Monday Night Football. Right. Yes, yes, yes. I'm still not buying that he was like, like the way he was well, For the record, for the moment, for a brief second when you said Lamar, I went to Lamar Odom for some reason because of basketball, I guess. Oh, well. But yeah. then when, yeah. I do remember that. I do remember this. Yeah, he came back and, well, yeah, came back on the field. Texas says Nolan Smith coming to Louisville would be hilarious because Coach K literally ruined his relationship with Tommy Amaker to keep him on staff just for him to leave one year later. Well, that wasn't the only reason why K ruined I mean, K ruined his relationship with Tommy Amaker because he didn't want Tommy Amaker to be the head coach at Duke when he retired. <laughs> he, couldn't hand, he couldn't be controlled. He didn't claim it. That's what everybody who knows Coach K was like. He thinks he can control John Shire way more than he can control Tommy Amaker, which, yeah, Shire's like 35. <laughs> yeah. Played played for him what seems like five years ago. I would say he probably is going to have more of a handle on him. And also, like, Amaker hasn't been on a Duke staff in a long time. He's been a head coach for the last 20 years. Yeah, it's been at least 20 years because he was, yeah, a long time. I'm Now I'm catching up on old text, and everybody caught the <laughs> – the theme, the, the song theme before I did. I mean, it wasn't very hard. The worst part I was, wasn't paying attention. That's why I asked it, you what the songs were. Here's what aggravates oh, aggravated, what, what baffled me more is that when you were like, what are the songs? I named the three songs, and it's clearly they're all Prince, and you're just sitting there going, hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, it was like, kind of like, like on the nose, right? I mean. I, I, look, I would do the Jim Calhoun. You want me to say I bleeped up? I bleeped up. <laughs> I mean, can we name? Is there, Write that. Is there any other musicians from Minnesota? Sure. There have to be. Of relevance? Well, no. You're going to make <laughs> me pull up Google again. I mean, I'm sure there are Minnesota people. I mean, by the way, uh, Warner Robins, Minnesota, one of the more famous places for wrestling. Okay. Some uh, Ric Flair. Bob uh, Dylan's from Minnesota. Is he really? Yes. I could have done Bob Dylan. I apologize. But what am I doing? I just, any excuse I have to play nothing but Prince all day, I'm going to do it. Duluth, Minnesota. Duluth. That's uh, they're the ones that do the underwear. What? The commercial. You ever seen the commercial? Duluth underwear. No. They do the, the 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 warm underwear stuff. The Jets from Minnesota. Oh my! You know I love the Jets. That's why I brought them yeah. up. Yeah, because everybody else in this is not great. <laughs> Lizzo. Were, I like how you went from Bob Dylan to the Jets too. By the way, well, the, that just shows you the gap. That <laughs> shows you that we're not working with a whole lot outside of Bob Dylan and Prince. Lizzo, I Minnesota. I don't know who Lizzo is. Yeah, you do. The, yeah, she's she became famous the last couple of years. The fact that yeah, semi-sonic I mean, closing time. Oh yeah. Yeah, closing time. Everybody knows closing time. One hit wonder though. But yeah. Morris Day, Morris Day in the time. Well, I should know that because of Prince. Yeah, I mean that's his group. Hippo Campus. <laughs> now you're just making stuff up. No, I swear to God, that's on there. I don't. <laughs> I don't know who they are. He's making up names. Hippo Campus. Charlie Parr. <laughs> they get mad. Now you're just making up golf term names. Cloud Colt. <laughs> I mean, Chastity Brown. 
That sounds dirty. Slug. <laughs> Lips Incorporated. <laughs> the Trashmen. Soul Asylum. Okay. No, Soul Asylum. Really? They're from Minnesota? Soul Asylum's from Minnesota. I did not. I didn't know that one either. Minneapolis, to be exact. Okay. Look at them. I like Soul Asylum. Uh, Texture says. Runaway train, never coming, coming back. Texture says, did you see the panel of riders for the Athletic talk about the differences between U of L and UK and Duke and UNC? Seth Davis is such a nerd. I didn't see that. I still agree with your last statement. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of a nerd, isn't he? The fact that, like, like, some national riders, I think, that experience the Louisville, Kentucky stuff, they'll, like, like, Jeff Goodman has talked openly about how, like, Louisville, Kentucky, they clearly hate each other way more than Duke and UNC do. Yeah, it's obvious, I think. But everybody else who follows these rivalries from afar, they just give the most basic takes, which is, you know, Duke and UNC, they're always in the top 25. They always play competitive games. They're always – and, yeah, like, that, if if that's your basis for what a best rivalry is, there's there's no comparison. Like, Kentucky has beaten us way more than they should have the last however many years. And Duke and Carolina play twice every single year. It's later in the season. They're always nationally ranked. The games, to their credit, have usually been very competitive, whereas our games, maybe it's because they're played early, early in the season, maybe it's because both sides are too hyped up, a lot of them, even the good ones, have been kind of sloppy. Mm-hmm. But if it's more about the game actually meaning more to everybody involved or meaning the most to everybody involved. And even though Kentucky has had the better advantage, we, it's not like we're scrubs in history in terms of our winning percentage. Well, no. Yeah, I mean, no. I mean, I mean, if you're talking about the two programs, yeah. but head-to-head, like, it's, it's lopsided, especially recently. I mean, we had a chance to kind of cut into it or at least have this – golden age of the rivalry and we talked about it i think 2014 shifted everything mm-hmm. and patino couldn't beat calipari like we beat him twice when he was here like that's it and only one of those was against a good team we we've beaten one good kentucky team since john calipari got there and it was that 2016-17 team the other two times we've won it's been by three points and it's been over a team that that didn't play in the ncaa tournament mm-hmm. and they've all been at home we haven't won at rup in far too long but 98 no, we beat uh, we we won there in Tubby's year. We won back to back games in in oh three and oh four. Okay, Rick's second uh, second and third year. We yeah. beat them bad. We beat them by eighteen when they were number one, or we beat them by eighteen one year, and then we beat them by nine when they were number one. Yeah, the Rochester like, turnaround game. Damn right, right over Derek Jasper. Suck it. <laughs> I love that. Did you see that thread where like it was like post famous uh, football players who could hoop, and of course like everybody's got like the you know the, yeah, uh, Antonio Gates. You've got uh, there's pictures like of Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens. There, yeah. And I posted the picture of Josh Chichester <laughs> getting ready for the turnaround. And like it got a bunch of likes from Louisville fans who know that I do this all the time. And like all these like people from the actual account, like big, like they're like, who is this? Like, who's, <laughs> who's this? Who's this? And I was like, I'm not telling. If you don't know, if you have to ask, you'll never know. Angelica Pickles. Um, but the if you really want to dissect like what a rivalry entails, what makes a rivalry great. At some point, you have to get to how much it means, how much the, the respective victory means to the side that gets it. Mm-hmm. And a win in the Louisville-Kentucky rivalry means exponentially more than the average win in a Duke-Carolina rivalry. Now, this weekend's game is, is obviously different, but that's not the norm. No. Most times, if you're a Duke or a Carolina fan and you lose that game, you say, well, we'll get them in three weeks, or we'll get them in the ACC tournament, or maybe we'll run into them in the NCAA tournament. With us, it's... The end of December, 
And if you lose like the day after Christmas, like the holidays are ruined. New Year's is ruined. You got to wait True. 12 full months to get a shot at these guys again. Yeah. You know you're going to have to hear about it. or in our case like 24 months. We are going to keep bragging about that three-point win with a coach who's no longer here in the middle of COVID. I mean, it is a fact. It's been over 975 facts days. Facts are facts. That's all that matters. It's been a long time. It's been since Nixon was president. <laughs> That Kentucky beat Louisville in men's basketball. It's been since before the Patriots had won a Super Bowl since since Louisville has lost to Kentucky. In Walter men's basketball. Mondale was running for president. We didn't have. I a want to say it was nineteen eighty, if I'm mistaken. The Supreme Court didn't even exist. <laughs> the tournament hadn't even expanded the last time Kentucky beat Louisville this in men's is basketball. Bizarre. I don't know why I'm gonna bring this up. You just saying the the Supreme Court made me think of something. I was talking with a buddy the other I'm day. I'm very curious to hear where this goes. I don't know why it came up, but you being a law guy, this this came up in a conversation the other day. I would not put me out of that umbrella. And we were talking about like the bar exam. Okay. And I was I just was curious. I just asked my buddy because we were having this debate about something politically. And I was like, how long when when did the bar exam even become a thing? Like when did it become a like have a criteria that you have to pass a test to be a lawyer? Uh And even before then, what what did one do to become a lawyer? Did they just wake up and go, I'm a lawyer? I'm going to be a lawyer. And by the way, the bar exam, 1878. It's been around for a long time. Yeah, but long before. So we've been around long before that. And then I mean, wonder, I was like, wait a minute, 1878. I was like, but Lincoln was a lawyer. Did he just like, Lincoln didn't even graduate high school and was a lawyer. He was smart. I mean, he just claimed to be a lawyer. Like, I, I'm just curious. How did they, what did people do to be law before before there was a bar exam? You expect me to have an answer to this? You went to law school. Help me out. I didn't, as you know, law school is just one class that's law. Yeah. And I think they taught the law. Well, I figured the first days were history lessons, right? I think they taught law in the 19th century, like second year, I guess. I didn't make it that far. <laughs> I didn't make it to the. Can we get somebody actually got to year two of law school over here? I didn't make it to the how was Lincoln a. Law class 2.0. Attorney. I'm sure there was some sort of thing that you had to to take to prove that you were a lawyer. Then what? I mean, and if not, maybe you just like hired a lawyer and if you got to court and you're like, well, this guy's got no idea what he's talking about. I mean, you just told all your friends and nobody else hired him. Or if you hired Abraham Lincoln, you're like, this dude's smart as hell. You should hire him to be your lawyer. I mean, he had a practice. Word of mouth, I would have to assume, would have been very important in lo- practicing law in 1876. I mean, you just, could you just like basically yeah say I'm I went to I went like my cousin Benny. I'm just going to court and I figure out how to. That's how I learned the like the judicial system. I mean, I don't know. I'm you talk to me for three hours me. every day. The fact that you think that I have the answers to some of the questions that you ask just blows my mind. These are some of the things I think about sometimes. I appreciate you thinking about that. You ever curious like what goes in my head at like two o'clock in the morning? I mean, well, I'm curious about these things too. I also don't ask you thinking that you may or may not have some sort of answer for me. I spent one day me and a buddy discussing and wondering why. How how Abraham Lincoln was a lawyer, had a practice, but never even actually graduated high. He was self taught. He, he never even got a high school diploma. I'd be willing to bet that there is a biography on Lincoln somewhere that delves into this topic that can educate you properly. By the way, the, uh, not, not only not having a high school diploma, but he didn't have a college degree. He's not the only one. There's been multiple presidents with no college degrees. I would assume so. Can you? I, and the last one actually was in this century. Really? Well, not this century, but well, 20th the century. the 19th century. 20th. 20th, yeah. Who? You want to take a wild guess who the last president with no college degree was? I do. Most of them are in your early days. I give you like George Washington, obviously, uh, Zachary Taylor of all people. Who I went to his I went to his elementary school, but yet he had no college degree. 
I love uh, that every time you mention one of the schools that you went to, like like somebody's like, hey, shout out to <laughs> Westport Middle. Shout out yeah. to Zachary Taylor. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, as I mentioned, had no college degree. Uh, neither did I think Adams, I want to say, was one of them. A lot of the earlier ones obviously didn't. Had some misses, but the most recent one was somewhat surprising. Okay, I, I've got to guess. Okay. Not Taft, you fat bastard. Um, no. I'm going to guess Woodrow Wilson. No. I'm hoping this this is right because I didn't look it up. My buddy did, but he but this is what he told me. Coolidge, no, but you're getting closer. Harding, going the wrong way. <laughs> so more recent, yeah, semi recent actually. Semi recent? No, I wouldn't. Well, I don't don't want to see. Too, there wasn't like Lyndon Johnson. Okay, no, 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 not that. Herbert recent. Hoover? No. I, I, I can't, who am I? Who am I even forgetting that would be? Not one of the Eisenhowers. I mean, more recent than it should be. I mean, not be, one of the Roosevelt's. I mean. Truman? That is correct. Harry Truman doesn't have a college degree. Nope. Wow. It's baffling, isn't it? I love your presidential facts. I mean, I don't know. I just, a rabbit hole we went down of collegiate. Cause I think we were talking about like Ivy League schools and presidents at one point, And we were like, uh, well, who like doesn't even have a college degree? And I, th- I think it's because it started with Clinton. We were like, oh, did he go to Arkansas? And I was seeing it for some reason. I was like, no, no he went to come Arkansas. On. Yeah, he went to Yale, but he's from Arkansas, obviously. And, uh, and I was like, well, man, well, who didn't, didn't go to Ivy School? And we started going down that rabbit hole and, and got to the point where this we a, were. That's a good one. We were finding out presidents who have zero college degree. Harry Truman is one of 11 presidents that didn't have a college degree. The 33rd president of the United States, he attended business college and law school but graduated from neither. I'm basically Harry Truman, <laughs> except I graduated from college. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, I'm Truman, too, if you want to be that way. I mean. Well, I guess, yeah, you're more Truman than <laughs> yeah. I am. But you didn't go to law school. <laughs> no, I didn't. No. I didn't know that started. But I once walked by a law class. He took courses at Spalding's Commercial College and the University of Kansas City Law School, but didn't earn degrees from either. Go kangaroos. I mean, if, to tell you that someone. How did he get into law school if he didn't have a college degree? <laughs> I mean, he became president. Well, he was president in the '40s. I mean, I know that's not like you go. Well, that's '50s, right? I thought it was '40s. You might be right. I thought you, I thought he was around mid '40s, late '40s. I could now, be. Now right. we're looking it up again. But I mean, to, even to be in even that, and like, well, that's been Trevor. That's been almost you know 100 years still. Now it's 80 years ago. Even then, any anybody after 1900, yeah, baffles me. I'm same way. I mean, to tell me like, yeah, Lincoln, okay. You know, obviously Washington, yeah, I get it. Certain presidents, yeah. We're both right. He was in office from 45 to 53. Okay. God, that, that's a good fact. Yeah, I thought he because he took over after World War II. When you said that, I mean, I, my mind immediately went to like someone mid-19th century. Like, yeah, I, I would have I, I gone early 1900s, yeah. I would never have guessed that someone within the last 100 years could have been president without a college degree. <laughs> There's still hope for, for you. <laughs> I thought my biggest goal was being like Marion Barry. You can make that. But I mean, well, now I can be president too. You can do both. I, I was just thinking I could just you know be governor, mayor of Washington. It's 2022. <laughs> you can do both. There's hope for you yet. This show is going to skyrocket you to fame. You'll parlay that fame into some sort of political office. You're president in 15 years. It's happening without a college degree. And without finishing high school in class. I got GD. Hey, that's fine. That's called the good enough diploma. I don't even know how we got here. Let's take a break. I don't know. where. What did me lead you I don't know. I, I guarantee you. It was but easy. you like it, don't you? We, I did like it. Okay. I like the ending. We got one hour left. Uh, we'll get back into the women's basketball discussion. We'll celebrate more of the Final Four trip. And we'll take more of your text as well. That's all coming up in hour number three. It's the Mike Rutherford Show in 1450 and 961, The Big X. I want to die for you. 
singing a song. <laughs> kind of now. I can picture you. Welcome back in. Hour number three, Mike Rutherford Show. A celebratory edition. We're still sky high celebrating the victory over Michigan last night, getting ready for a Final Four trip. The cool thing about the way that the, the women's tournament is set up this year, you know, sometimes they have the, like back in 2013, when we played in the national title game on Monday, the men's tournament, it's always the first Saturday of April. Is going to be the final four, and then the the Monday, two days later, is going to be the national title game. The women's tournament kind of rotates where they go Friday, Sunday, some years, Sunday, Tuesday, some years. In 2013, we won the national title in the men's side on Monday, and then played for the national title on the women's side on Tuesday. This year, I kind of like that we've got the Friday, Sunday setup just because we got less time to wait now. We, We win last night, we're celebrating today, and boom. We got a game, you know, when we get to tomorrow, we'll have a game. We'll just be two days away from Friday night tip off, 7 o'clock on ESPN against the number one overall seeded South Carolina Gamecocks and Dawn Staley. Trevor's very confident very that confident. not just uh, are we about to win the national title, but we're going to beat UConn. Oh, I want UConn. He's manifesting it. I think it's going to yeah, happen. I get I get where you could say, well, you maybe once Stanford beat us, was last year in the Elite Eight. And, Correct. But UConn did beat us two years ago in the Elite Eight. And in national title games. And, that, and two national title games. Not to mention just, you, you know, you, even though there are two regular season wins, you know Jeff Wallace wants to beat Gino in a tournament, right? I mean, he's got to. He does. And, he's got to eat him up. Because that's like, the, short of winning a national title, that's like the last, like, barrier to go over for him. I mean, it was sweet that we became the first team to beat Connecticut in the state of Connecticut in, like, 35 years or whatever the stat yeah, was I this mean, year. But also since Truman, <laughs> since Truman, yeah. since he wasn't wasn't going to college, <laughs> yes, he went to UConn. <laughs> you also have to, you can't just overlook the fact that Paige Beckers wasn't playing, and I know she's not back to her normal self. I mean, last year, I mean, she won every National Player of the Year award last year as a what, freshman. I was gonna say when she freshman, yeah. So she's in the same class as Haley. Correct. Yeah. She they were kind of like one A and one B coming okay. out of, out of that class, and I mean, she's not back to her normal self yet, but. Like Gino said last night, if she doesn't recover from that injury as quickly as she did, he's like, not only do we not win a, g- a game like this, we're not playing in a game like what this. What was her injury, by the way? I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I mean, I can look it up. But I've heard she, you mention injury, but I just wasn't sure. What I think she's. I mean, she only played like eight games this year. Like she's still oh, just getting her feet underneath her, and she's not scoring at nearly the same level. And you, you can tell just by watching her that yeah. she's not the player she was a year ago, and she probably won't be until she gets fully healthy next season. But having her back is a game changer for UConn. And so I think to beat them with her would be different than beating them in the regular season without her. Like, like it would. No, I want to beat them with her. I want her on the team when we beat them. That way they don't have any more excuses. You just hate Gino. I, <laughs> Gino. <laughs> Gino. 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 <laughs> so, that's a big bang theory reference right there. Boy. She had a... <laughs> She suffered an interior tibial plateau fracture and also a lateral meniscus tear. Layman's terms? I just gave them to you. Oh, good lord. (laughs) I'm in trouble then. (laughs) She had a boo-boo on her knee. She was hurt. She was hurt. hurt, Yeah. 
she was hurt so bad that she was out for a full two months. So she had she suffered the injury. Two months. I mean, pretty much. She had oh, surgery wow. on she had surgery on December thirteenth, and then she was back by late February. I mean, two months and that's serious of an injury. Well, like Gino said, they weren't expecting to have her back at all this season, okay. and she recovered so quickly. That's the reason why he thinks they're in the final four, and it's the reason why they're about to get their ass beat on Sunday night. In the national That's title right. Game. I don't say Friday. Let them win Friday. By the cards. Yeah, I'm fine with them beating it. Yeah, they beat Stanford. Stanford, yeah. Beat Stanford. It does feel like I, – I threw this fact out there, but if you missed it earlier, you know, Jeff Walt has been loving playing up the underdog angle. Mm-hmm. And in the first weekend, it felt kind of contrived. It, it felt like we were trying too hard to do the us-against-the-world type deal. Like, we're, <laughs> we're a number one seed who just – you know, nobody was picking Albany to beat Louisville. But in the second weekend... But we were the one that people didn't think deserved number one because of the way we lost in the ACC tournament. We were viewed going into the tournament, and still are, as mm-hmm. the weakest number one seed. I think yep. even with NC State falling, I think most people would say they would put them ahead of us on their power rankings if they were still playing. And I think the second weekend, Waltz was able to, to play up the narrative a little bit more by saying, look, we're a number one seed, still standing in the Sweet 16, and if you look across the internet, if you look on TV at all these re-ranking the Sweet 16 and let's power rank the Sweet 16 and let's give national championship odds to the 16 teams left, nobody has us in their top four. On all of those lists, Louisville was like six. I think some had them five, some had them as low as seven or eight. Everybody thought that Louisville wasn't one of the four teams most likely to cut down the nets. And that's something he played up. And if you still weren't buying it, if you still said, I don't care about national title. Like You're still a one seed. You're still favored to win the Wichita region. You're still favored to go to the Final Four. This is the week where he can really say it's us against the world. Nobody thinks we're going to do it because they have the worst odds of the four teams left standing. Everybody thinks that they're kind of the just happy to be here team out of the quartet. The other three are the real contenders to win the national title. And if you want to extend this to the men's side, we've got Blue Blood Final Fours. We've got powerhouse programs on both sides. Of the eight teams left standing, Louisville women are the only one that's never won a national title. That is something that should... It is. I mean, every other team that's still playing has won a national championship before, besides us. If you want something that's going to resonate with your players, I mean, Jeff Walls is going to plaster that everywhere this week. You you want an example of no no respect? We're eight-point underdogs. I saw it was seven and a half. I guess it's gone up. Eight. Stanford, one-point favorite. The men's games, both are four and four and a half. Respectfully, I don't remember which ones, which I have to look at it. So we're talking about we're, the, the— We're twice the underdog if anybody else in the Final Four, men or female. Which makes no sense because—or it shouldn't make any sense because we're the only game with even seeds. You've got a yeah, two, one and one. Yeah. You've got a two versus an eight and a one versus a two on the men's side. You've got a one versus a two in the other women's game. We're the only matchup between two top, top seeds. And it's the biggest underdog story in the Final Four, according to the odds makers. I mean, St. Peter's was only an eight-point underdog, and they were 15 in Elite Eight. That's a good point. I mean, granted, North Carolina's an eight seed, but still. It has we're felt eight-point underdog. I mean, it has felt at least a little bit manufactured when we've done the whole, like, nobody thinks we're going to be here, like, we're busting brackets type deal. It's not manufactured now. Louisville is a very apparent underdog in not just this game, but if they win, they'll still be an underdog oh, yeah. in the national title game. Like, even if it's UConn. I haven't seen one person out there when I've been looking at the final four picks for the men's and the women's tournament. First of all, everybody's picking Duke on the men's side. Understandably so. I, I see why they're the obvious choice. But on the women's side, you've got a lot of support for South Carolina, but you also have a lot of support for both UConn and Stanford. There's no support for Louisville. There's nobody who's going out on a limb That's and saying— I like it, though. And if you've watched 
our four games, I can kind of see. And I think it's both a good and a bad thing for Louisville. We'll do the our greatest weakness is also our greatest strength. <sighs> we haven't played a complete game yet. Having seen this team a couple of times where they've just blown out inferior opponents, Notre Dame coming to mind most prominently, I feel like we haven't gotten the best of this team. I mean, even last night, as well as they played, it was more of a kind of a gritty, scrap-it-out victory. Like, Haley Van Lith made some tremendous plays. Chelsea Hall was terrific on offense early on. But you got basically no offense from Emily Angsler, who's your maybe second most talented offensive player. Keanu Smith was good, but not great. They've been... They were a little bit inconsistent in the win over Tennessee in the same respect. They kind of had an uneven middle part of the second quarter and third quarter where they let things get a little bit too close for comfort. It felt like both in last night's game and in the Tennessee game and really in the Gonzaga game, they had ample opportunity to land that knockout blow and win going away, and they didn't do it in any of those cases. Now, they did make the plays down the stretch to to create some space and end up winning fairly comfortably after things got too close for comfort with like two or three minutes in both the last two games, which is is good because you're going to be in that moment, again, you would assume, even if you have a lead on South Carolina or UConn or Stanford. But I feel like we still haven't seen this team at its best in the NCAA tournament, which hopefully they're just saving it. Because I think we saw South Carolina at its best in the Elite Eight. They blew out Creighton. Yeah, they fought a 10 seat Creighton team. But they beat them by 30. Yeah, I know. 30. And we've seen South Carolina just kind of decimate whoever they've been playing besides their that, but that, that was the only real blowout of the lead eight. I mean, Stanford didn't blow out Texas, and UConn, obviously, NC State went toe to toe. To double overtime. Hell of a game. game. Um, but no, South Carolina didn't blow out North Carolina. They only be done by about eight. Was that the second game that they played? 16, yeah. yeah. I, I knew there was one where it was kind of like everybody's like, ooh, let's watch this. But they've, like, I think we haven't seen our best yet. Good. And we're going to need it Friday night. Well, they're going to get it. Let's make it happen. Uh, Texture says Trevor with a party man bumper. Nice. All prints leading up to Friday. Yeah, that was from earlier. Oh, hell. The new kid in town. Texture said, I kept thinking to myself during the entire game, we are not letting Michigan get revenge for the 2013 men's championship game. Not tonight. Didn't happen. They got their revenge in 2017. Congrats. Yeah, Se- yeah. Second oh, round yeah, win. Definitely, yeah. You ended Rick Pitino's career here. Nobody knew it at the time, but you did. Yeah. That, that's it. Stop showing that stupid block picture. <laughs> we won anyway. It wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah, if you want to show a picture, show uh, Montez, Montrez Duncan on you. Texas, hey, Mike, any word on Kenny Payne assistance and any truth to Juwan Howard hiring Will Smith as his associate head coach for next year? Nailed it. <laughs> Texas said. I mean, the, the Howard Smith jokes, what, another year or two before they start fading? Yeah, well, yeah. Maybe. You have such a limited window in this day and age to get your jokes You got to get them in because something else happens and things move forward. I mean, if something has happened, the other sad part of it is, even if you're the first one to make a good joke that's really obvious, you're going to see it a million other places. And so like, even if people stumble upon your tweet the next day, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, cool joke. You made the same joke that every other person did. Uh, you got to act quickly. Prime, I said that to you yesterday. I made, I made a, one of those jokes to you yesterday off the air, and you were like, Oh, I've seen that, and I'm like, I didn't see that. I thought I came up with it. I thought I thought it was creative. Yeah. Turns out it's everywhere on Twitter. I have no idea. It's very rare that you think of something. I'm like, I'm like, I wonder if anybody said that this person looks like that person. And then you Twitter search it, and like, oh, 18,000 results. <laughs> so like, everybody has thought the exact same thing. Exactly. Texas said, would Trevor eat one bite of salad if it meant U of L men's basketball went to 14 straight Final Fours? <laughs> wow. I mean, surely to God. Yeah, one bite. I'll do a bite. Yes. The person says, I would give my left nut for that. I love, I love how you didn't I even, probably would, too. I mean, I'd probably give my left testicle to you. Yeah. yeah. I but would. you wouldn't eat a whole salad. 
I, I get, well, I mean, we're talking bite or whole salad? Whole salad. Whole salad, I'd rather have a bite. Whole salad versus... Well, of course you would, but <laughs> I mean, that's, not, that's not the question. <laughs> would you eat a whole salad for 14 straight Final Fours? How big is the salad? Normal size. Do I have the option of losing the left testicle as well? I don't know why you would do it as well. I think you would do it in place, <laughs> so instead in, of, in yeah, place sorry, of doing yeah. this. I meant to word that better, yeah. I'd rather... I don't want to do both. <laughs> I'll only eat the salad if you take away one of my testicles. <laughs> well... I mean, I guess that's what happens. Master negotiator. I mean, I'm less of a man of a meat and a salad, apparently. Answer the question. Um, Would you eat a regular salad? I could avoid that. For 14 straight Final Four. You remember 14 straight Final Four. Yes, I'll do it for four. Well, no, wait a minute. Are we losing in every one of them? No, 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 no. no. What happens when you get there is out of of Destiny's control. Because what are the odds? I mean, we go to 14 straight and we've lost 14 straight Final Four. I would say they'd be very slim. That would be very... To go to 14 straight Final Fours. As would I if I ate a salad. Only Tom Izzo could pull off something like that. Yeah. 14 straight Final Fours without a national title. I don't know. Cade did like, what, six straight? He did for a long time. He went from 86 almost to 91. People don't forget. People don't forget. People don't forget. Uh, by the way, I guess I don't know if I need a whole. How big? It depends how the salad, big salad is. You, the fact that you're even mulling this over just blows my mind. I know we've been doing this for like seven months. It's every time you answer honestly, and and you're not joking. No, I'm being. Yeah, I have to really contemplate it. You love Louisville basketball. I do. You wouldn't eat a salad to guarantee that they would go to 14 straight Final Fours. The amount of things that I would do to make that happen are almost unlimited. You know, what's the weird part is I'd probably be more quick to say, "Yeah, take the left testicle instead." I know you would, and that it, it blows my mind. I would do horrible things to make 14 straight Final Fours. <laughs> I'm just like definitive on the left. It's like, not the right. Well, like, everybody, everybody always says the left. Um, well, because I'm right-handed, I guess. Maybe, and, I, don't maybe that's what, I don't know how that adds up. I don't know how that works either. But Texas says it's a bold. Why is it always the left? <laughs> Texas says it's a bold move to Photoshop yourself into a picture with your girlfriend or kids on a ski trip with their real father. But then again, Trevor's a bold guy. <laughs> is, is bold a, the right word? Is that an office it's from reference? the office? Okay. Yeah. It's when Michael makes the uh, his Christmas card. Is he puts his face on uh, his his girlfriend's ex husband's face <laughs> on their ski trip with their kids? That must have been after I stopped watching. Cause I don't no, remember that's, that. that's fairly early on. It's like oh, this is like I, season I, three or four. Oh, then I don't know how I forgot that. Yeah, it's a good one. That's, I mean, I don't know how I missed that. I must have just forgotten that part. Then he ends up just singing uh, Goodbye, My Lover in his office, in his robe. Now, I kind of remember that. I also remember the... the, the Who was uh, that guy? James Blunt. <laughs> yes. Relevant for one year in time in the mid-2000s. <laughs> Isn't that the guy who's on the video? He's like walking on the beach. He did the, you're beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you're beautiful. Yeah. But I don't know what to do. Uh, I did not like that song. That, that was everywhere. It does not it, strike me as a TK fan. It made my ears bleed slightly after a while, yeah. Uh, Texas says Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis as far as Minnesota music acts. Oh, the producers, yeah, they did uh, uh, Control and um, Bubba DeVoe's albums. They were very big in the late 80s. Texas says the fact that Tate Frazier... Tate Frazier comes up on the text line all the time. It seems way more than he should. Tate gets talked about all the time here. The fact that Tate Frazier said UK UofL rivalry isn't even a rivalry is absurd. He said that? That is absurd. They asked me... They just asked me today, about two hours ago. They're doing this... They're doing a live show down in New Orleans... And they want to post this trib- mock tribute video to Coach K. And so they're getting all the quote-unquote friends of the program to send in these videos, sharing their best slash worst memories of Coach K. And they're going to post this whole thing. It's going to be this big mock tribute. And they asked me to do one. And I'm obviously going to do it because I'm a fan of the only program that played Coach K more than 10 times and has a winning record. That's, a, that's a fact, by the way. I'm going to thank him for 86. I'm going to thank him for 2013. I'm going to thank yeah. him for... Uh, last year, beating him twice. Yeah. I'm going to mock him for his voice and his face. 
Are you six and thirteen? The only times we we played Duke in the tournament. I know we won. No, we do. I know. I mean, yeah. I mean, at least I know we won. At least I don't think we played any other time I can think of. If it happened, it had to have happened before. Before, years. yeah, because I would yeah, remember. Yeah. I think I would remember. I would too. Texas says, "What did people do to be law?" Trevor quote. I mean, <laughs> I am really serious. But is there anyone who was around back in before eighteen before the bar exam became a thing? Like, I want to. How did you become a lawyer? Texas says, well, there were a few less laws back then. That's that's very that's true. Probably true. You yeah. didn't need somebody to navigate all the. You really, yeah. Did he did he kill the guy or not? Yes or no. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Texas says Trevor wanting to lose a ball is too funny. Yeah. I just love that you volunteered it. You're like in it. You're like, can I just can I also lose the testicle <laughs> while I, I eat mean, myself? I also lose it. I mean. <laughs> Texas, does Trevor not realize that he could just load up a salad with dressing, bacon bits, and cheese? He won't do it. Well, uh, first of all, I don't like dressing. Dressing's disgusting. Now, the shredded cheese and bacon bits is oh tempting. God. But, I mean, is that? I don't know if it's enough to overtake the fact that I'm just eating grass. Grass is for smoking, not eating people. Texas says, who is law? Why is law? <laughs> Die law? What is law? <laughs> what are is we, law? Are we law? Baby, don't hurt me. Texas, how has Tate not been a guest on the show yet? Well, I mean, apparently he's the hottest guest we could possibly land, according to the text line. He comes up every damn day. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I had no idea this guy was until I started doing a show with you, by the way. I like Tate. But I, no I did not expect him to be play this prominent a role on the Mike Rutherford show. Uh, Texter says, Prince intro music from Minneapolis to Mondale and Hubert Humphrey to Abraham Lincoln to Law Degrees to Rutherford uh, e- to equal... Harry S. Truman, we are in the middle of a top five all-time derailment segment here. <laughs> Blow through that top of the hour and keep it going, fellas. We did, and we ended no, up doing that. We did. He sent that at, at, at 4.59. We went to like 5.02. <laughs> God, we're the worst. It doesn't help when I'm, when I'm feeling under weather. I, I'm just gonna, I'm more goofy now. That's a scary thought. Doesn't help, yeah. Doesn't help you. What are we going to do when basketball ends? We, oh, we have like five months of these shows. We got the hypnotist coming in. Yeah, we do have to do that still. Texas, I think I'd let some zoo animals do some embarrassing stuff to me in public for 14 straight Final Fours. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that I would do that is, and you wouldn't eat a salad. That's insane as I just pictured that texture. I don't, that's well, why I'm laughing. Okay. Well, I, uh, <laughs> I just felt bad for the horse. <laughs> texture brings this up too as the, on the UNC UK or UNC Duke rivalry matching up with us. It is the 10 year anniversary. I just saw this and I posted it on Twitter today. Of the famous dialysis center fight between oh yes the yes. UK and the the I had forgotten how funny the actual story reads. <laughs> well, just to, just saying that out loud sounds funny. It's it's hilarious, and then you read yeah. the details, and you just picture two old men kind of saying this. Um, the men were here. Here's this part of the AP story on this. The men were arguing about who will win when the teams meet Saturday in the Final Four. Uh, quote from the police chief: "I think this is a first at a dialysis center." <laughs> Swanigan says Wilson, who already was hooked up to the dialysis machine, flipped off Taylor, who was waiting his turn. That's when Taylor punched Wilson in the face. <laughs> Quote, he just happened to think UofL would beat UK and he started to run his mouth, Wilson told WKYT. That's what started it. Taylor said he was actually talking about the matchup with someone else. He was meddling, Taylor said, and told me to shut up and he gave me the finger. I went up to him and I hit him. Didn't hit him that hard, but I hit him. Swanigan said he thought tensions would rise as Saturday's game approaches, but the fight at the clinic was stranger than they expected. <laughs> they declined. Wilson declined to file charges, and Georgetown police say the case is closed. 
just a wonderful, wonderful it's a character. Great story, yeah. In the rivalry, I hope those two men wasn't are, that involved in the uh, RV Blue or Red versus R- Red v Blue or whatever. Yeah, that, I think they talked about it on that. That you know, I've never actually still seen that. You know, I have the first line of that. Do you really? Yeah. No wonder I haven't seen it. You start that bad boy. That voice comes right <laughs> off. Cursed it to winning no awards, just like the basketball. I team. wanted to see it when it came out, and I just kind of never could. I guess I couldn't find it, and it's, time has gone on now. I've just kind of forgotten. They still show it on KEC, I think, during, around the time of the game. Do they? I mean, a lot of it is obviously. I mean, it's been over well, ten years now. A lot of it's kind still, of still the fact they do the documentary when we are going to end up playing in the final four is p- pretty good timing. Yeah. Texas says my wife is on. The, okay. Oh, uh, you can't read it. My wife is on the table if we're talking about fourteen straight final fours. <laughs> I think eating a salad's more of a sacrifice. Can I just um, <laughs> real quickly here before we before we go to break? It, it, slight, rare, serious moment. Oh no! I'm going to brag on my wife for a second. Okay. Sorry, I'll let you do that. Thank you. And she'd be. I mean, I don't think she's really talked about this, and she'd be embarrassed if I even brought it up. So a few weeks ago, probably like a month ago, when all the Ukraine Russia stuff was was heating up, when mm-hmm. when all that was starting up. We had found out through a friend of a friend that there had been this woman who had lived in America briefly from the Ukraine. She had gotten married here. She'd moved here. And one of my friends, his wife, who's from Brazil, had met her in a English as a second language, second language class. She's trying to learn the language. She's trying mm-hmm. to get into the culture. Um, she had ended up, marriage had gone bad. She moved back to the Ukraine, had had a child, was you know, had, had remarried. And was back over there when you know, the war broke out. And she was able to, because she had a visa, she, she fled before things had gotten bad to try and get things set up here. And then was going to go back and get her six-year-old daughter. So she comes to America. The war becomes a real thing. She has to go to Belarus. She, My cousin lives. She, and we talked about it, right on top of, of, of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And she has to, like quite literally, have her daughter passed over the fence at the border to bring her back to the States. So she is in America. She's got her six-year-old daughter who speaks no English. She's lived, her daughter's lived her entire life in the Ukraine. They, she has no contact with her, her new husband, her, her parents. She can't figure out how things are going. And we find out through friends of friends that she's living in an apartment near us. And so Mary, having the the biggest heart in the world, organizes this thing where they all, they they raise this money. They, they create these, they, they find these toys to bring for the daughter and she goes over there and she spends time with her. And, I mean, the story is just it, it terrifying. I mean, you, you can mm. imagine. I mean, at one Does point. Does the mom speak, like, broken English? She, speaks, she speaks English as, as a second language. She, okay, speaks, so she, it, she speaks it well enough. Well enough. Okay. Not, it's not even broken. It's, like, better. Right. Yeah. There are certain things. Then that again, she, I speak broken English. Exactly. Would say. <laughs> there are certain, certain things that she needs help with because yeah. she doesn't understand everything. But she, you know, for the most part, can communicate. Right. So, I mean, at one point, she's telling a story, like an airplane flies over and she kind of like ducks and gets scared. I mean, just everything that you can think of. Just, it, one of those just makes you have perspective. So Mary, for the last several weeks, has been going over there, helping out Natasha. She went today, went with her to help her get her daughter enrolled in a school. She has helped her go get licenses. She has helped her. She's brought her to Target. She's brought her to Kroger. She's doing all Every time something bad happens, like the storm a few weeks ago, I mean, Mary's like, I feel so bad for Natasha. It's where her mind goes. <laughs> and she's hasn't posted anything about this on social media in this day and age where if you do anything that's quote unquote no, good, you know, Lord. there are so many people who would be like posting selfies, like me and my girl, Natasha, like helping her out. Like after she fled her from mm-hmm. Ukraine, like here's all the presents we got, like all this stuff. Look at me, look at me. Mary would be embarrassed if she knew, and she might be listening. I don't think she is, but she'd be embarrassed if she knew I was talking about this on the radio. She it's 
as giving a thing as you can possibly do. And her mind immediately goes there. It's why, I mean, she's she's better than me in every respect. Yeah, I'm so, yeah I'm not, I'm, the whole time you're telling me, I'm just like, how did you get her again? Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, you're telling me. I, I feel, uh, I always feel fortunate that she somehow chose to put up with me, but especially when, when stuff like this happens. Yeah, she's he, just the absolute Even after best. you destroyed her Christmas tree. Even after I destroyed her Christmas tree. <laughs> she's still, you know, we're still going strong a year and a half later. We're still doing well. But just needed to brag on... As the text line goes, and she's also Dr. Mary. Yeah, don't let her yeah, forget. Yeah, don't forget she's a doctor, don't, too. Yeah. Don't forget all that. But, I mean, she's she's just doing a wonderful, wonderful thing. And, and I know the price is right. I mean, and to point it, put it out, like, how at home she makes people feel. She just met this woman you know, three weeks ago, and the woman calls her today and asks, and says, like, I've got a meeting with the, to set up the school. Uh, we're going to find out where my daughter can go and how we can make this happen. And I would feel comfortable if you were there with me. And the fact that she's – it's just how comfortable Mary makes people feel around her. And that's – she's – a very very special person and i'm very lucky you, there you go she's not gonna brag about herself you brag for there her. you go yeah that's we're done we'll move on i will take a break when we come back we will text line thank you uh <laughs> now the text line's making jokes i appreciate the whole of comments and i also appreciate the joking comments we'll get to your text coming up we'll have some parting thoughts on last night's win over michigan so great you forgave her that she had my kid you're damn right i know <laughs> It took a lot. It took a lot, but we're going to get over it. We're, we're, we're going to get there. We're getting through it. Baby Trevor, he's going to be raised by a wonderful mother. <laughs> I will come back. We'll wrap up the show. It's the Mike Brother for Chona Tuesday here on 1450 and 96.1. The Big X. I like that the the last text was amazing outro music after that heartwarming segment right there. Dream, yeah. it, I knew it was gonna be like because I, I knew it was coming up too, and I'm like, there's no there's no good way to transition here. This is your favorite Prince song, isn't it? Oh, yeah, bro, yeah. I think you said that before. This or uh, I Would Die For You. They're this is a my, good one. They're probably my two favorites. Man. Do you want me to say something's going to make you mad now, now that you're all in a good mood and you're, you're shimming and you're dancing? I am shimmying. I am. Did you see? You may have saw this. I, I know you kind of, you, what's the word you always, you skim. <laughs> Twitter before you come in here. A lot I do, of I do. I skim everything. Did you? Yeah, s- I hate skim milk. It's so weird. Wow, <laughs> it's so bizarre. Did you see that legalized sports betting in Kentucky is officially dead for at least another session? Ugh. I thought we were doing move, good movement on this. It's what I've been telling you. The House, Kentucky House, good with it. Sports betting, good. Medical marijuana, good, good, good. Kentucky State Senate, uh, uh-uh. bad. Damon Thayer. Who uh, is the he's end the all? He's the only one, right? Well, he's not the only one. He kind of runs the, tr- the, the the bus here. He's the one that you need to get on board if everybody else is going to follow. He says, "What do you want to hear? That's what you want. Politicians, guys, will just follow blindly." Well, hey. <laughs> that's that's what I'm looking for in a leader. <laughs> Welcome to American politics. I'm just saying. I mean, Damon Thayer says, "The thing that's keeping senators from supporting legalized sports betting." Do you want to take a guess at what it is? 
what's keeping Damon Thayer's opinion? Or? Well, him and I guess the other state senators who are opposed to this. Um, they're ignorant. Well, what would he say? I don't think I don't, I don't think he would be like ignorance is what's keeping us alive. <laughs> I'm a moron, as much as it may be accurate. Uh, I believe his his reasoning is something to do with like uh, addiction. I'm assuming nope. or uh, whiskey, bourbon. Nope. Um, Religion is what's keeping these state senators. And look, we're not going to get into a religious debate, but I will point out blatant hypocrisy when it's slapping everybody in the face. Apparently, the God that's involved in this, the God that's keeping these senators from supporting legalized sports betting, doesn't want you to be able to bet on, I don't know, Indiana versus Ohio State on a random Tuesday night in February, but has no no problem with you wagering basically any amount of money you want to on the worst claiming race at Santa Anita at 9 o'clock on a Thursday night, or... Playing a little blackjack, trying to win a cake at one of his picnics. That, that's what God, he's like, you know, it has to be with horses or the lottery or one of my picnics. Anything else than that? No. No well, go. Let's not forget the casino night themes that they do at the church events and things like that. It's just so ridiculous. Like, if you're going to say. If you tell me God wasn't a gambler, dude, come on. He took a chance on an old drunk to build a boat and put two of every animal on it. That He's taking a, a chance on all of if us. If that wasn't a gamble, I don't know what was. He took a chance on all of us. I mean, that's taking the long shot, right? It And medical marijuana, he just says, well, we don't have the boats. Like, that's, we don't have the boats. Great. Well, well, we can't, bl- can't blame God on that one, too? <laughs> We're going to be last in everything. Oh, yeah. In everything. And, in everything that would potentially. And it'd be, it honestly would be easier to digest right now. If you didn't know it was going to happen at some point, like if we were going to hold out forever, if this if it was going to be just religious basis, that's no legal weed, no legal sports betting for now until eternity, I would accept that more than we're just leaving millions and millions and millions, if not more, like hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars on the table for something that's going to happen at some point in time because we're going to be the last or the third to last to do it. We are what one of... I'm trying to think of the other states that, that basically have no gambling and no marijuana of legalization of any kind. Like, not even medical. Like, I think, like, us and, like, Kansas, maybe, which, great, we're, we're being lumped in with the last state to produce a president with no college education, being Kansas. Okay. Truman's from Kansas, if you didn't know that. I got it. Okay. Uh, they also produced Bob Dole, too, if you want Love to Love throwback brag. references. Yeah, and Eisenhower. I think they're more than that, though. <laughs> That don't have legal no, I mean, sports but, 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 but no, any kind. Like, I mean, at least like in certain states like Missouri, it's like you can get medical. I mean, Tennessee might be one of them, but t- Tennessee, Tennessee does. just passed sports gaming, though. Yeah, I was going to say Ohio passed sports gaming. Indiana has sports gaming. I mean, I'm talking about every border state now has sports gaming. Yeah. I mean, of either, of, you can't get any kind of gambling online or in person. And you can't, and, 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 and they look at marijuana still as like, you know, a murder. I think, I mean, we're right there with maybe less than five. Pro- I'd be willing to bet there's less than 10 states that has that are on the same level we are in terms of both are just completely un- un- unacceptable. There, well, there are only now, I guess, six states that don't have any sort of legal marijuana. Yeah, and because you at least have medical in some cases. It's us, Wisconsin, Iowa, which I wouldn't have guessed, Indiana, Tennessee, Georgia, and Texas. Every other state has at least some element legalized. Oh, I thought Kansas was too. I, I stand corrected then. Kansas has. Oh no, no, I take it back. You're right. Yeah, I didn't think they did. 
Oh, this map is... They're actually lumping us into states that have medicinal CBD oil. Oh, okay. So technically, we have something. So I'm wrong about that. Kansas is still pissed about Kansas it. Kansas has... Like, they're still mad at Denver next door legalized it, and they're still so mad about that. Kansas is fully illegal, and they're one of the very few states that hasn't decriminalized yes, it. Yes, we have done that, at least. We have decriminalized it. I know there are very few that have done that. We have that. not decriminalized it. Yeah, Kansas has not. They are... The Kansas refuses... The, they might be the only one that's saving us from being the, the biggest looking morons. Good Lord. Well... Rock chalk, I guess. I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense to me that you can have. It's embarrassing, though. That's that's where we're at. We're like, well, at least we're not Kansas. I mean, I mean, and this guy, you know, Damon Thayer, his bio is it's it's his bio, Senate Majority Floor Leader, horse racing, bourbon, concerts, movie. It's like concerts and movies. There are pretty evil movies out there. Yeah, some gross stuff in some of those movies. There's probably been more casualties to uh, alcohol addiction and alcohol-related things than there ever been for marijuana. I mean, I say this like I'm not even a gambler. Like I, I don't gamble on sports. I gamble I on horse racing, but like it's just I say this as somebody who sees the numbers pouring in from every other state yep. and says, "Look, my state needs some money. We're not exactly rolling in it. We don't rank very highly on any of the positive state ranking topics. Maybe let's make a play here. We love sports." We've got great weed. We Maybe it. we capitalize on those two things. I mean, God forbid, we're, we're number two, pretty much, arguably number one, in second North Carolina, in terms of tobacco. Yet we're okay by producing that, but not marijuana. It's like being an incredible yeah. singer or, slash or gambling in general. It's like being, you know, an incredible singer slash actor with no other ser- serviceable skills and saying, "I'm going into plumbing." <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good profession. It, sure, <laughs> if you're good at it. It makes no sense to do it if, if your only skills are singing and dancing. <laughs> Go into theater. Capitalize on that. We're good at weed and sports. Well, maybe maybe we'll just start getting real smart all of a sudden. We got bourbon, at least. I'm surprised we haven't made that illegal in some way. I think we just want to punish ourselves for what we're the only things we're good at. I'm sure there's something coming. 20 years from now, yeah. bring Prohibition back, but only for Kentucky bourbon. <laughs> Whiskey's they, fine, bourbon's if out. If Thayer wasn't, didn't have uh, stock in the bourbons, he probably would be leading that charge right now. Texas says God's a horse guy. He, yeah. is. he is. Loves those animals. He does. Were there horses on Noah's Ark? I don't remember. Loves when they put blinders on. I saw. Um, I also saw Grindstone passed away uh, over the weekend. The horse, Derby champion, 97, I think. I honestly don't even remember the, the, the horse winning the Derby. It was a very close race. 97? Edged, edged out Cavanier, whatever year it was. 96, 97? Yeah, it's, it's 90s anyway. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Because Lily T Pat died like in, I want to say January. Lily T was 93. Because Lily T had been the oldest living Derby winner. Okay. And then he died. And so then Grindstone was. And Grindstone wore that crown for like all of Five weeks or six weeks, Poor grindstone. and then die. The only reason why I remember the grindstone Cavanier Derby is, you know, we used to do the thing where we put the horse in the twenties. That's old, right? Yeah, yeah. And they, I think they usually their lifespan peaks at like twenty twenty one. Okay. But we went to a friend's house. We we did the thing where we would have like a derby party. We'd go to a friend's house, and you know, everybody puts in ten, twenty bucks, and you just draw a horse out of a hat. Mm. And so the Cavanier Grindstone Derby. I'm probably like eleven years old. My little sister's like seven. And I mean, winning two hundred bucks at that age is like oh, it's like winning, winning the lottery, two hundred million. Yeah. yeah. And I've got Cavanier. And Cavanier, if you go back and watch the race, Cavanier is clear by like twenty lengths. It looks like he is rolling to victory. Like this is a, it's a no brainer down the stretch. It's, it's over. It's done. Cavanier's won the Derby. Yeah. 
Grindstone flying flies in out of seemingly nowhere. <laughs> Nips him at the wire. My little sister had Grindstone. I, I'm still bitter. You can tell. Like I'm bringing the story up now, over over 20 years later. You didn't even speak to her for months. I hear. I mean, I saw every video game in the world at, on my fingertips. Every toy that I wanted. Every sports thing that I want. Trading cards. Oh, this Cavalier money was going to fuel me through college. You were heading to Toys R Us like like a supermarket sweep contest. And then my little sister just takes it. She probably wasted the money on something stupid. R.I.P. Grindstone. Like a Boys to Men album or something. You won't be missed. <laughs> Texture says, uh, Duke is the game we were playing when Kevin Ware broke his leg. Yeah. Yep. Desert. Yep. It was on Easter Sunday. Was it Easter Sunday? Yeah. There were all those memes where it was like, he has risen and like the devil, like banishing the devil back to like, we did it. We did a good job. <laughs> oh, it happened. <laughs> I believe it. Texture says, does P- I can't say, come on guys. It's oh, <laughs> a reference from yesterday when I said something that, that it was like it sounds dirty, and somebody has come up for yeah. what it might be. Texas, we beat Kentucky at Rupp in 2007 in Billy's first season, David Patchett's senior year. That was our last. That was our last win in Rupp. So we haven't won at Rupp since UConn missed the Final Four. Say <laughs> like that. When you put it like that, <laughs> I was still in college the last time that we beat Kentucky at Rupp. That was before I actually been in radio. I got into next year. Good God. That's been a long time. It has been. I was in college. Well, no, I was working at Glen, uh, Glen Oaks Country Club at the time. But that's the one, like, like that's the, the pushback. If you're trying to say, and it's our fault, if you're trying to say Louisville-Kentucky is a better rivalry than Duke-North Carolina, and I've I've made this claim mul- many times since I've been doing the, the writing stuff, like in starting in 07, the big pushback, and it's hard to counteract it, is is how dominated we've been. Like it's And it's our fault. I mean, it's not like we're Navy and they're Notre Dame, but I mean. But it's closer to that than it should be. Well, I don't exactly. I mean, that was a big time. We've beaten them yeah. three times in 13 years. Well, Navy only like one in like 57. I, I, again, I'm, <laughs> saying, I'm, I'm not saying it's that. I'm saying it's far too close to, for, to comfort for that. I mean, is it more like, are we kind of more Kansas State than they're Kansas? I don't want to say that. We're not Kansas State. It's just it's, in the comparison of the rivalry, though, not overall as a program, obviously. Yeah, I, I mean, more like that. But. It, we're going to view, I think, when we look back at the, the history of this rivalry and the history of these two basketball programs, I think we'll always look back at that period of time that Patino and Cal were here together as kind of like a golden age of this rivalry. And for good reason. Like, the teams were great for that entire decade. We won a title. They won a title. Uh, we went to a Final Four. We played each other in the Final Four. They lobbed shots at one another. Like, the you know, they... We do the whole L one C four Louisville first. They do the players first. Like we like I think Calipari's book title was basically the exact same as Rick Pitino's book title before him. Cookie's never been original with their slogans. Yeah, like all this stuff yeah. was going on, and you know the whole Pitino rant about like I ignore the jealous, I ignore like the like the whole thing about Calipari. The one thing holding back the period from being like the the great ten year war between Michigan and Ohio State. Well, do you remember like the Michigan, the, the Bo Schembechler versus? Yeah, oh uh, yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, yeah, Woody Hayes. Like, like the big thing well, going back is the games haven't weren't competitive. Well, and but he mentioned it because in those they weren't either. Well, well that was, was it. Was it? Was it? You're like, thinking of the era afterward. Oh, I thought wasn't Ohio State like eight and two versus them in that run? I think it was like five, five and one. Oh, okay. I thought that that was. I thought Ohio State always had the advantage though, despite the fact that it was considered a ten year. I war. knew at one point in time, like Michigan, like Bo was like getting the better of, of them, and it was like a big deal. I thought Ohio State. I thought. Uh, Woody, Woody Hayes went like ten, eight and two versus him or something. You made me think of the John Cooper era where the oh, no, that was the opposite smoked. of what that was. Yeah, that was Ohio State going two and eight. 
Um, the ten-year war. Let's see. Well, now they've just got all the. So Michigan. No, it was. They went five and five. Was it five and five? Okay. Yeah. Which would make more sense because that's because that, that's what I remember. Is like I said, like this should have been our own ten-year war. Yeah, but with the, that's the only exception. We didn't win enough. We beat them twice, and it was, you know, the, their worst team that Patino faced by three at home with our national title team, and then we upset them again at home with the De'Aaron Fox Malik Monk team, and that was also by three. And the the thing that swung the entire series was not just the, the, the 2014 NCAA tournament game was the biggest reason, but both those games that year. Because we had the nice little back and forth going. Cal comes in here, he sets the world on fire, he gets John Wall, gets Cousins, they have that great team. They go to the Final Four in year two. But then in 2012, we make the Final Four run. We get back to being nationally relevant. Even though they're the better team, they won the national title, we turn around right the next year and like we're top dogs. They fall off the face of the earth. They go to the NIT. We beat them. We win the national title. And it looks like we're going to be two of the top five teams in the country going into 2014. And they tank. Like they have this, you know, keep calm. The twins are coming. The twins come and they're not great. And they never were. And we're favored to beat them in the regular season at their place. We lose in a competitive game. But we still say at the end of the year, we're going to be better than they are. And it looks like we are. And we play them again in the Sweet 16. We're favored again. We control that game for 90% of it and then just completely fall apart late. And that is when everything swung. If we had won that tournament game, if we'd won both games that year, then they still would have had an advantage in the series since Cal got there. But we could have easily said, congrats. Like, you know, we've both won one game over the other in the tournament. We're currently, though, the stronger overall program. We won the title. You won the title in 2012. We won it in 2013. You went to the NIT. We beat you in the tournament in 2014. Who knows what we'd go on and do after that? I think we would have probably at least gone to the Final Four. And then who knows what happens from there? Instead, it became this whole, well, Rick can't beat Cal. And that narrative like persisted until Rick left. I left in, in an off-court way that Woody left. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Texture says I was a Clemson player too if I remember seeing the Woody Hayes punch yeah, I believe you're correct yeah still such a weird thing like, when you watch it it's just like there's no reason for him to do it the interception thrown by Art uh, whatever his name is Carmody no I heard uh, Garfunkel <laughs> I have no idea I always I always can't remember pronounce his last name even though I've talked to him on the phone before the fact that you know who threw the interception or yeah, have it was an the idea first, it was Art uh, the straight arrow uh, the straight arrow guy who was is banned from NFL for gambling now Art uh, Sittens or Sittlers or oh, something. Oh, easy. That's why I couldn't want to pronounce his name because I know I was going to probably screw it up that bad. Vandalay. Uh, he was uh, he was a freshman on that team and ended up being the the guy the Colts took the year before the they moved to Baltimore and he was he was just awful and he ended up uh, going to prison for uh, gambling. In fact, he and then I took a collect call from him at Cardboard Heroes. Really? Because like he was trying to sell he, he's trying to sell memor- his memorabilia from Ohio State and I guess he had. Carver Hills had, we were the only, like, they had like eight stores and I worked there at all were in Ohio except for us. So somehow he got, like, called our store looking. It was like, we just have to collect call from, and it said his name. And I'm like, Wait, I know that name. This <laughs> is one of the most bizarre moments of my life. And that's saying a lot. Texas says, when Trevor said Duluth, my mind immediately went to the underwear commercial, too. Thank you. Hmm, interesting. And Mike's never even heard of it. Have you not seen those commercials? I haven't. Duluth underwear. I don't, I, I, I don't know. Wear like a man. Like I man's underwear. I can't believe I haven't seen those. Maybe man. I just block out underwear commercials. I don't, I don't know. 
Uh, remember the old commercials? Remember the old Michigan Ohio State commercials where like the Indiana Larry says uh, Art Schilster, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. There you, you. Go. there you go. There you go. See now you see why I didn't want to pronounce the name. Well, Schilster, you can say that. Yeah, but not the way. What I you pro- well, what you actually said was <laughs> you said it anyway. Yeah, not the way I try to pronounce things. <laughs> Texas says the story that Trevor is telling about some guy named Art sounds like a Mad Libs. <laughs> we didn't buy any memorabilia from him, for the record. Texas, I was a senior in college and I lost on Cavanier, then left the track and got in a fight with a vendor who tried to shortchange me. Bad day, man. Leaving. I do. I know I do the post every year on Car Chronicle, but stories about leaving Derby and how you get home and the adventures that take place there are my fa- my favorite things. You go to a lot of derbies? Back in the day, yeah. I went every year from like, I want to say sophomore year of high school through like 26. I've only been to one. Oh, really? And I didn't even really. The only reason I went was because I had to. I got to go on Millionaire's Row. Hey, if you, that if was, you can go. That was yeah. I mean, but keep in mind though, growing up, my uh, you never did infield. No, I didn't. You would have loved the infield. The thing is, is that I didn't have to leave my house. We had a uh, derby parties at my house. Still. To the point where it wasn't even just my grandmother's house throwing the party. Our neighbors, we would combine with like three houses down and three houses on each side, pretty much, where we had two full bands. We had bookies. We had two bookies at each two different houses. I mean, it was kind of a block party. It was really kind of a cool thing. Sounds like a Satan worshiping party. I, I, I sadly miss it. It was some of my favorite times. That does suck. I mean, everybody gotten old and moved on. And no. Texas, look, I, I'm sorry that I don't know this commercial. Everybody, <laughs> the Duluth commercial. Texas, the, there's a damn Duluth clothing store down on Main Street next to O'Shea's. Come on, Mike. <laughs> Fine, I, I don't know the commercial. I'm sorry. I wish I did. I'm <laughs> I wish I could make all of you happy. I'm so sorry. Go just go Google it later. Duluth. Well, now I'm not going. I'm gonna do it, Trevor. Well, now I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm gonna be stubborn. <laughs> Um, that's enough. We, we can't get to the other text. I'm sorry. I love you guys. Oh, we'll, we'll make up for it tomorrow. Are they most about Duluth? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna, at this point, I'm not going to look. We've got the NIT semifinals tonight, Trevor. Don't, really? t- don't tell me there's no basketball tonight. Don't tell me I know who's in it. Can you guess one team that's still standing? <laughs> uh, no, it's not Wake Forest because they got beat. They cost me my NIT bracket pool. Yeah. Um, now I hate Steve Forbes. I've done a 180. Who did they lose to? I can't remember now. Uh, oh, well, BYU's one of them, right? No. <laughs> crap washington state yes okay i'm trying to remember who won that game the least likely yeah. they did that wasn't who beat them but <laughs> no. you still somehow got the team right the team they play is actually who beat wake forest badly which was texas a&m oh yes that's right so that's that's not the finals though right this is the final four okay so those are two which did you know this is the last year that the nit final four is going to be played at madison square garden Where, it's been that way every single year since like 1905 where would they move it to they're going to like regional like it's going to change every year that's stupid. I know. I kind of hate it. Like the That's NIT Final Four, dumb. back when it was like the biggest tournament in the world, it's always been Madison Square Garden. That's the only reason to get excited to go to the NIT is yeah. to get to go to New York and, and do the Madison Square Garden for the Final Four. Exactly. All right. First game tonight, St. Bonaventure versus uh, Xavier. Uh, oh, Xavier. With that, who's coaching the team, by the way? Do we Still know? that same guy. That same, that same The assistant. random dude. Yeah. Not, Sean Miller's like, are these guys going to lose so I can start doing some work? <laughs> Why did he just take over now? Yeah, just like put them out there. <laughs> just put them out there. Uh, the Bonnies are a one and a half point favorite. Who you got? Um, Xavier's gonna win it all. I think it's a give. It's, it's I'm, I'm going Xavier. I'm I kind of feel like a team of destiny at this I point. I feels this way. Yeah, give me Xavier. Upset, mild upset. Washington State, Texas A and M. The second game, A uh, and M is a one and a half point favorite. A and M, A and M too. I like A and M with you. Buzz Williams rolling. Shoot, A and M versus Xavier. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm again. I'm just gonna take Xavier. 
Well, I mean, we're not, we're not there yet. I'm so. telling you right now. Okay. We're premature. It happens. <laughs> He's already called the NIT championship. He's called the women's basketball yeah. finals. Tune in tomorrow from 3 to 6 to see what Trevor Kelsey predicts. Who wins next year's Super Bowl? He's going to tell you. We also didn't talk about the Lions again, which we both said we were going to have to. We'll save that conversation for Wednesday when it's completely off of the anybody's Damn you, mind. Damn you, Truman. <laughs> Good God. That's all our – that's one, whatever. End the show. Everybody have a great Tuesday night. We'll see you guys tomorrow from 3 to 6. Final four, baby! Close.